Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts, Sporty, number eighty. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Ice Man. There he is, at a number eighty. Who's number eighty? Ice Man. Bryce, Jerry, Bryce, comma Jerry. That's it. That's it. The end. Yes, it's there are number eighties, but I will back up on that one, Ice Man. That is the number eighty. I mean, who else can who else can we mention though? Anybody? Bueller, Cricket, Cricket. Yeah, exactly. Jerry fucking Rice, number eighty. It's fitting because most of the. Uh, once again, the meat of the show today will be about football, because that's where most of the news is coming from. Uh, but what do, what do we want to start off with, gentlemen? What has happened since last we met? Maybe we could talk, we could talk about uh, just... We'll go in chronological order. Uh, it seemed uh, when, as soon as we, we signed off last week, or at least stopped recording, the, the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers said, Hey, uh, fire sale. We just continue to get rid of everything and anyone who means anything. Ian Kendler goes to the Angels and apparently said, "Take I go to the Angels." The end. Yeah, his uh, his no trade clause had ten teams that he had to approve trades to, all of which are it's strange because all of which were like are, are historically winning teams. It's mm-hmm. not like he picked the bottom ten teams. It's not like he said, you can't trade me to the Brewers, the Marlins, you know, et cetera, without my permission. No, it was like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Angels, Cardinals. Um, but I, I, I mean, I knew that him and Justin Upton were friends when they were, when Justin Upton was here. I didn't realize that was going to be like the deciding decision, which apparently it was. Apparently, uh, uh, Upton basically campaigned to get him to come out to, to Anaheim. And it worked because Kinsler waited his, uh, his no-trade clause. The problem for the Tigers is that that was the only team he could go to. Yeah. Which, when you have no leverage in a deal, I mean, I guess they could have kept him. But honestly, wouldn't he have been wasted in year one of a rebuild? Yeah. Get him out. Get him out of here. Because, but who plays second, second base? But doesn't really matter this year. I mean, it's what's well, on second? Who's on first? Well, they're trying. They're trying to, to to get their prospects to to get everyday playing time. I'm starting to wonder if Miguel Cabrera is even going to see spring training. All the talk I keep hearing. That's 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 what I'm saying. All the talk I keep hearing, man. Is they are, I mean, like their ash is on fire and their hair is catching, wanting to get Castellanos over to first base ASAP, which puts Miggy where? I mean, I, he doesn't seem like the type of player that's going to be happy DHing when he can still play in the field. I mean, this is a guy that seems like you almost got to, you know, threaten with castration to get him off the field, anyways. I mean, he'll, he'll, he has too much fun fucking people on first base. That's what I'm saying. I mean, uh, they used to call Sean Casey the mayor because, you know, he held court down at first base every time someone got down there. Uh, well, if Sean Casey was the mayor, then uh, what the fuck's Obama? I mean, what the fuck's uh, 
<laughs> me, Obama. I mean, you know, the president, because he's always down there fucking with people at first. He's like a big kid down there doing cup checks and shit, knocking people's hats off. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, as fucked up as it sounds, there was people that were pissed locally because they were like, Kinsler didn't give him any, uh, didn't, didn't give him much of a choice. It's like, well, what the fuck else? You knew what the contract you were getting when you traded for him. They really didn't give him much of a choice, if you think about it. J.D. Martinez is gone. He may end up in Boston. We'll talk about that later. Verlander's gone. I, I mean, it's... Do, yeah, do you, do you want to have front row seat to this shit show next year? No. Give me the fuck out. Send me somewhere where I can go salvage my career before it's time to hang it up. And like I said, they knew his contract when they, when they committed to that trade. When they sent Prince Fielder to Texas for him, they knew that no trade cause was in there. And I mean, all in all, I think that trade worked out very much in Detroit's favor. But this is what happens when you decide to blow up a team and you got to have a fire sale. But again, what do we get? Bag of fucking baseballs? Like, why can we, why are we getting rid of all of our good pieces and not at least getting something to build around? At least a, another. A beginning of a building block. I don't understand it. We, we, we've we lost three pretty decent parts of our team and gotten pretty much nothing in return. I know prospects are prospects, but, I mean, they're really maybes unless they work out. Well, I mean, you know, part of the uh, trade was just the fact that they could have kept him and tried to train him at the, at the trade deadline. The problem is it's taken a, it's taken a big gamble because... If he doesn't have that great of a year, then his trade value drops even more so than it is now. And so at that point, if they go to trade him at the trade deadline, it's almost like they got to pay someone to take him off of their fucking hands. And Detroit's been saddled with that type of shit too many times, in my opinion. This was them just trying to get out from under his contract, I believe. Oh, you did. Congratulations. Boy, we're going to fucking suck next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, especially since the local talk is apparently Fulmer's on the trading block. How are you going to trade a guy who at the start of next season is one full season removed away from rookie of the year during a rebuild? Don't you want someone like that during a rebuild? That's a young gun. That's something you need. And, I mean, with pitching being at a premium, and let's just be honest... Who the fuck have the Tigers, even on this you know twelve season run they were on? What pitchers did they ever really woo here to Detroit? Not trade for, but get to sign here. Like Kenny Rogers in twenty in in, in two thousand six. David uh, Price. No, they no. See, they traded for Price. Price didn't want to be here and made that abundantly clear. But they traded for him. They didn't sign him. I mean. They traded Zimmerman. Zimmerman was, the sh- you know, basically, oh, we lost. Basically, it's like they traded Scherzer for Zimmerman. Zimmerman Scherzer signed with the, with the Nationals. Zimmerman signed with us all in the same offseason. Good job. Great job. I mean, and Zimmerman got pretty healthy contract, not as much as Scherzer. And to be honest with you, I just don't think Scherzer wanted to be here anymore. I think he wanted to be someplace where he knew he was going to be... One, the team wasn't on the downside of a of of you know a World Series run, whereas the Tigers were obviously on you know the window was closing and closing fast, 
And two, I never got that Scherzer was happy playing in the same sandbox as Verlander. Yeah, he wanted to be the guy. Not that he was always second banana here. Not that, no matter how lights out he pitched, he was always number two. And and not that that's not to say I think that him and Verlander disliked each other. I just think that Scherzer wanted to be, yeah, like you said, the man. And on on top of all that, I mean, it, which it's kind of strange to me. Okay, you want to be the man, then you go to Washington and you, you are now the man over. Who? Uh, Strasburg? I mean, this guy was touted as the great, you know, the greatest thing ever when he came into the league to the point where, you know, they were so worried about his arm that, that he had a innings limit on his season. It did not, ma- Washington said it doesn't matter if we make the playoffs. We're not going to let him pitch past this many innings in this season. So if that means we make the playoffs, and one of the reasons is his, play his pitching when we get to the playoffs if he's met the, the cap we put on him oh well we just gonna, we're just gonna have to do our best without him which to me is insanity especially on a fucking you know first second year pitcher i can't remember exactly what he was i think he was a first year pitcher at that point i just remember strasburg's uh reminded me of uh fucking cindy his first year a lot of there was a lot of bending over backwards to kiss his ass his first season. But that's my opinion. But, well, I mean, it... I And I said in the, in the group chat, and I didn't mean it, I feel like Al Avila pretty much was handed a shit show with the job. He knew that, one... It, He's coming in at the end of their fucking run, the very tail end. And he inherited a team full of contracts that you really can't do a whole lot with. And to be honest with you, I don't know why he took the job. I'd have looked at him and said, I don't fucking think so. Dombrowski left town and went, all right, good luck. Well, yeah, because it's a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. If he does what most general managers would do in a, in a situation where they're taking a team and they want to rebuild... You got to trade away your assets for prospects, but these contracts are fucking so ridiculous. He it, it it handcuffs him as to what he can do, and we see what happens when it's well. I'm only going to give the okay to go to one team. I'm surprised. I mean, I mean, they got two low, low, low level prospects for Kinsler trading them to the Angels. I'm surprised they even got that. I mean, if I was the Angels, I'd have been like, here, take all our dead weight. That's all we're going to give you. You know that? You can, or you can sit on Kinsler. The only thing I can think is that because you have you have Upton out there, who him and Kinsler are apparently really close friends, and you have Awesomeness, who they must take his fucking opinion way more seriously than they probably should. He's some sort of special. What what is what is his fucking role? Uh. Hold on a sec. Uh, special. Ed. No, uh, special assistant of some sort. It's, I don't know. It's one of those. It's like when fucking Leland retired and he's no oh. longer the manager, but he's somehow some, still tied to the organization. It just seems like a way to give him a paycheck. Some, yeah, some dumb bullshit job to keep giving you a paycheck from the organization. Yeah, so he doesn't wander off to another organization. Kind of like also what, uh, St. Louis did with, um, uh, oh shit. Their old manager. He used to manage the A's. I'm drawing a blank here. Larusa. Thank you. To keep him in the organization, they gave him, you know, the, the, oh yeah, you're our liaison to blah, blah, blah. 
whatever the fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I just looked him up. Brad Osmus. He is a special assistant with the Angels. What the special fuck does that mean? Assistant to D's nuts. It means nothing. Exactly. It means someone from the Tigers organization, probably, or used to be in the Tigers organization, probably works in the Angels organization. Is probably throwing him a bone. But I mean, hey, I, I, you know, what, like I said though, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep him? I mean, if you keep him, you risk he's not going to be happy here. You risk lowering his trade value. You got a you got a player who's thirty five. He is not playing for a contender. He's damn sure entering the twilight of his career. Yeah, if he's 35 and he's healthy, yeah, fucking get out. Get out now. Get, know, get. He obviously, well, I mean, well, no, he wasn't going to the Yankees. The Yankees got rid of Sterling Castro in the uh, uh, Stanton trade. So that must, if they got rid of their, their veteran second baseman, that must mean they want to bring someone up to play. They already had someone in mind to play second base. And it wasn't Ian Kinsler. So, yeah, I mean, Angels, arguably the best player in baseball in Mike Trout. They still, I mean, they still have a competitive team. Why not? But it just, it, it sucks. I, because I, like I said, once again, I, and I don't tend to feel bad for fucking general managers usually, but Al Alvila, what the fuck else is he supposed to do? I mean, I know he's going to take his lumps, and he has locally took his lumps over this shit. But if, if the word from on high is, Clean house, no exceptions. Don't want to hear any ifs, ands, or buts. What else could he do? Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't. You know, not not trying to speak shitty of dead, but Mike Illich basically brought Prince Fielder here, which got us Kinsler. Prince Fielder was signed to a ridiculous contract to get him to come here. I never got the feeling that he wanted to be here. Period. I got the feeling that he was looking for that that super duper contract from some other team. He wanted to be with. It went past the winter meetings. It went right before spring training started, and he didn't get that offer. And Mike Illich went. I mean, basically just jumped, just jumped over top of Dombrowski and said, "I'm making this fucking deal." It, I mean, it, Dombrowski now knows what it's like to be married to my ex-wife because Dombrowski walked in the store with Mike Illich, and Mike Illich said, "Hey, what do you think about that player?" And Dombrowski said, eh, "Nah, not really hot on him." Yeah, too bad, asshole. I already bought them. So find a place for them on the team. Let's go. That's what shopping with my <laughs> ex-wife was. What do you think about those chairs? Uh, they suck. Too bad. I already bought four of them. Shut the fuck up. Let's go. Oh, all right. Back the truck up. All right. Let me go. Yeah, let me go get the truck. That way we can put this garbage I didn't want in the first place up. <laughs> it sounds like some Dennis Lear would say, hey, do you like this? No. Too bad. We just bought eight of them. Yeah. It's the truth. I mean, it. how else could you describe what the fuck? Happened with Prince Fielder because that was guys. I think that was the old man. I think that was the old man going rogue. That's what I'm saying, guys. We were all living here when that happened. We were all living here when that happened. Was Prince Fielder on our radar at all until the until the minute you heard Tiger signed Prince Fielder? I had mentioned it like a half-ass and drunk conversation to a buddy of mine, like never even thinking it would happen because because the whole argument was where is he going to play? You know, Miggy's got that sewn up. But sure, shit, it happened. But yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, like I said, it, it it was it was half-assed drunk talk. It wasn't it wasn't even serious that it would even become reality. And I think after that after that move, they you know they did start locking up the phone, Mister Illich's office. Like, or, or no, they they just un- they disconnect the line. Well, I mean, um, that was what before the 2012 season. 
Yeah, don't let the old man make phone calls anymore. And I remember when they won the uh, pennant and they brought uh, Illich out, I was like, ooh, yeah, he don't look all that great. Yeah. I mean, he was well into his, his 80s at that point, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, so to me, that just screamed a desperation move to try to win himself a World Series for, you know, it was good night, you all. I mean, our whole life, he's been like an older guy, but he didn't look like an old man until like 2012. Oh, yeah. He looked like he was, uh, yeah, he looked like he had a number in God's waiting room. Yeah. And that number was going to be called very soon. Yeah. Like, don't step outside for a cigarette because they're within five of your number. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, I, but no, but I get what you're saying. I mean, it was shocking to see him that way because you know we here in Detroit. Not only is he Red Wings and Tigers owner, but he was a very prominent businessman. So you'd see him, you'd see him in the news all the time. You'd see him, you know, on television and newspapers everywhere. And you started seeing way less and less of him post 2008 when the. Uh, Red Wings won their last cup. You just didn't see him in the news as much anymore. And then when you saw him, after not seeing him for a couple of years, you were like, oh, shit, yeah. shit. okay. He, he became an old guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, what is the line from uh, Fight Club? Even the Mona Lisa starting to show signs of age, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see anything else they could have done if they wanted to move him, besides cut him, but then they're going to have to eat salary. <laughs> he... He he wasn't going to clear waivers. That's for goddamn sure. They can't send him down. So we well, got yeah a couple prospects that hopefully maybe one of them will end up in the in the show for a few cups of coffee. You know. Well, the good news is I'll probably get a fuck ton of tiger tickets next year. Oh, I, I get a feeling that the tiger tickets are going to be uh, like they were in two thousand four, two thousand five, and opening day Red Sox. Yankees and one or two other teams. It's going to be hard to get those tickets. Not impossible, but hard. In 2005, they were making it rain with tickets. Hey, you want tickets? Hey, you want to go to Tigers game? Yeah, you want to go to Tigers game? After 2006, they all of a sudden got a little, little more tight finger with the Tiger tickets. So, you know, if history's taught me anything, it's the season we got heading for us, it's going to be like, hey, you want Tiger tickets? Hey, you want Tiger tickets? Hey, you I had them offered to me this year. Uh, I think I told this story. It, uh, it was a game in September. Hey, you guys want Tiger tickets? You can sit in the Tiger Club and this and that, or Champions Club and this and that. And like eight of us looked at each other like, eh, no, we're good. <laughs> I got laundry to do. Yeah. To be fair, too, it was like a Tuesday night. Like, oh, I don't want to be hungover on a Wednesday. Well, yeah, there is that also. Yeah. Because at this point, unless you're a diehard baseball fan, you're going to drink when you go to a Tigers game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unless you're just sober and a diehard baseball fan, the, probably the only way to suffer nine innings is to fucking drink. Yeah. So, I guess moving on, uh, what do we want to hit next? Going from uh, baseball to, uh, I feel like there's a wheel and we should spin it. <laughs> Has everything on it, but not football. Well, there's, <coughs> we can get all the basketball stuff out of the way because there's at least two stories that my 
non-basketball giving a fuck ass knows about. So obviously they've made it past the usual people who would, you know, comment on that. Uh, you got Kobe getting two numbers when he retires, which Michael Jordan has to be going, motherfucker, really? Yeah. Like, who the fuck are you to get two numbers? <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan has to have, if I'm Michael Jordan, I'm calling up Kobe Bryant going, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I gambled my ass out of the league for a fucking year, I'd have won seven championships in a row, and I still only got one number retired. Why is Kobe, which, is it pre and post rape? It's uh, 8 and 24. Yeah, 18 is number, is 24 was, when he chose 24, it was his kid's age at the time. So I'm wondering if he kind of tried to bank on that like oh that number means just as much to me as eight because i chose it because it was my kids ages two and four and it's like oh my god you would be you would be that but he would be that big of a fucking douche wouldn't he no i, I want that one retired along with number eight I'm trying to read i'm trying to read the story here. first on the number eight jersey in 1996 and according to baxter holmes of espn this is the number he wore in italy where he lived at an early age and also the nod to the number he wore at the Adidas ABCD camp, 143, whose digits add up to 8. Uh, okay, so why the fuck does he wear 24? 24 is, were his kids' numbers, or his kids' age. His kids were 2 and 4 when he, the year he chose 24. Interestingly, by the way, this, uh, where is this article from? Huh. Metro.co.uk. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, Bryant never intended to switch numbers entering his career, but says he did so because the Lakers had changed directions by trading Shaquille O'Neal to the Heat in 2004. Also a year earlier, Bryant was arrested and accused of sexual assault, but in 2004 the criminal charges were dropped and Bryant settled a civil suit. He then switched to the number 24 jersey in the 2006-2007 season, which is the number he had worn in high school at Lower Marion. For Bryant, it was symbolic of a new beginning and a fresh start. Yes, his pre and post rape numbers. All right. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if that's so does story, Jordan get twenty three and forty five? No, twenty three is the only one hanging in the uh, okay. in Chicago, isn't it? Yep. That's what I said, dude. What the Jordan's got to be like? <laughs> you're not me, motherfucker. And I didn't even get two numbers. But wait a minute. So if that was his high school number, and that's the only reason he chose it, then what the what the fuck was the whole story? Unless they were just trying, well. It was after the rape accusations. Maybe they were trying to family man him up. And we're like, sure. yeah, oh, that's his kids' ages, too. So, I mean, Dude. I just thought it was an apo- yet another apology to his family. Because remember his wife sitting there at the press conference wearing that fucking $2 million ring or whatever the fuck it was? I'm like, Jesus, God. That's all it takes to buy your dignity, bitch? You might, as well, sorry. You might as well put your ad in back page. You ain't nothing but a hoe. From K Jewelers, sorry I fucked a white girl line. So, sorry I got some, from Woods. Sorry I got some extra trim in Colorado. No, it's he that, did it. It's that size. He did it before Tiger Woods. He's he was the hipster. Yeah. Yeah. Co- Kobe was fucking a whole bunch of bitches. He was just at the same time as fucking Tiger Woods. Kobe just was, uh he was getting came caught. out before Woods. <laughs> yeah, he was getting caught a good five years before Tiger. Uh yeah, I was talking with a friend earlier about that whole fiasco back then and he's like uh he goes you think he raped that chick i'm like no i'm like what was there but uh, oh we found semen in her underwear 
And the defense was like, yeah, like 10 different guys, Seaman. Yeah. And they were like, oh, uh, well, we have physical evidence, vaginal bruising. And it's like six foot She eight, was the 10 guys. Six <laughs> foot eight black man, five foot three white girl. I have a theory on why her vag might be bruised. What did Dave Chappelle say? That's one Seaman's too many. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, God. There's a, you know, there's a point where, okay, look. Especially in the climate that we're living in now, obviously, all you have to do is raise your hand and say, I was I was harassed, whatever, and no one's supposed to question you and fuck due process and fuck guilty until proven innocent. We flipped it on its head. But if you put your hand up and say, I was raped, and you have a basketball team worth of semen in your underwear... First of all, change your underwear. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's you're, you can't get upset when people question your story at that point. Period. It's just anybody with half a brain. Fuck being politically correct. Fuck all this bullshit. Women's movement. Bullshit. You have enough fucking nut in your underwear to where we can fucking clone a baseball team. An American League baseball team with a designated hitter, right? Seriously. We could field a baseball team with your underwear. Come on now, sweetheart. Trading Kinsler to it. (laughs) But hey, you know, good for him. I love that the line for that is the pre and post rape. Okay, but I'll just, you know, whatever. Rape allegations aside, what the fuck? Is he worthy of two numbers being retired? I don't know. He's pretty... No. Uh, dude, he's pretty... Fu- Man. Well, I, you know, I don't have to get up for anything. You know, we can do this. But I'd say he, he's he's worth it. Okay, state your case. I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to go down as greater than LeBron. I mean, he's going to be... If there's a holy trinity of basketball, like, Kobe's going to be in it. Well, obviously. He's the closest thing to Jordan, no doubt about it. No doubt. I mean, uh, a great all-around basketball player, I give that to him, too. And if you think about but it... pick one, man. But, but he did pick one, all right? He picked the L.A. Lakers, all right? If those are the numbers that he wore in his entire career with the Lakers, he never played for another team, then I actually think... It, Kind of agree that you should retire him. I mean, he didn't. It, it's not like he left and then came back. You know, it's it's not like what Jordan did. You know, he was on the team the whole time. He just switched numbers in the middle of his career. And I'm not debating any of that, bro. None of it. But pick a number. Why? If you because it makes no sense to retire why? two numbers for the same guy. If you wore them both, it doesn't make in sense. The same ten- if you wore, I don't care if you wore twenty different numbers in the same tenure. If he wore a different fucking number every game he played, I don't care. Pick a fucking number. Get your name in the rafters. Go sit down with the rest of the retirees. Okie dokie. Well, another thing. Let's stop and think about outside of basketball. Could you see this happening in another sport? First of all. And it never to get a number permanently retired off a football team. You better have been a guy. H O F. Yeah, gonna be H O F material. I mean, seriously, you you better be Tom Brady esque. Twelve will never be worn again by someone on the Patriots type thing. Because there's just 
There's too many players. There's not enough numbers. All right. Baseball. Baseball's got over a hundred years of history. Like, there's there's teams like the Yankees who, what, uh, one through what is it, eleven, is retired. Jeter was the last. Oh, one through ten is retired. Jeter was the last one to have any number, a single digit number on the Yankees. There'll never be another single digit number on the Yankees. In hockey, if, no, they're not going to retire two numbers. They're going to. Hockey's still got enough balls to look at the players and go, pick a fucking number, dipshit. So, I mean, it, this is only possible in basketball because, what, there's... It's only 12 guys. Yeah, there's a handful of people in basketball. And you can do this. But, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I mm, To me, this, this uh, it's just silly. I, I mean, really? It is. I, I agree um, with Earl. Pick a Joe Montana. Joe Montana is a great quarterback. You can't argue that. I'm not going to say the greatest of all time or anything. He's a great quarterback. He wore number 16 in San Francisco. He wore number 19 when he went to Kansas City. So when he retired, does he get to retire both numbers? Depends. What if Did he retire as a, a chief or a fucking 49er? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. When he retires, well, can he retire both well, numbers? Well, I, I guess I should say, what is he inducted in as? And that's what number you. you retire. Thank you. What? Done. So Kobe's in... Kobe's inducted as a Laker, so eight and twenty-four. That's what I was getting at. If he's inducted as a forty-nine er, you retire sixteen. If he's inducted as a fucking chief, you retire nineteen. Where? Okay. And if you're inducted as a Laker, as Kobe Bryant's going to be eight and twenty-four. Pick a fucking number. Nope. Pick eight or twenty-four. That's it. That's all you get. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Said if it, it's in the same ten, that's that's my line. You know, if he if he left and then came back, no, you don't get to retire the one that you came back at. What's it? If it's in the same, oh, it's it's a it's a unique situation too. Has anyone ever changed in the middle of their 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 run? Jordan, no. Jordan Jordan left and came back. But he changed numbers. But Kobe never left. No, that's what I'm saying. Has has there ever been another situation like Kobe? Kobe didn't go anywhere. He just went, oh, let's switch numbers. Jordan left the team and had and came back. He left the team. He did He left play for a season, a season to play some baseball. Yeah, but he Kobe never Kobe played straight through. That's what I'm saying and changed his But numbers. he didn't he didn't leave and play for another team. That's a dude. unique situation. No, it's not. He left for a year and played some baseball. Came back, changed his number to forty five. Still he left. He came back. Kobe never left. It's a unique situation. Nah, nah, it's right. not. It's really not. Who else? Michael Jordan changes number twenty-three to forty-five. But not to Michael count. Jordan retired number twenty-three. All right, cool. Moving on. It's the same thing, Chris. It's not. He was twenty-three as a bull. He was forty-five as a bull. He retired as a bull. He retired number twenty-three. He did not retire 23 and 45. But he left and came back. It's not the same thing as Kobe. Kobe I don't care if he left and came back. He played on the Chicago Bulls under two numbers. All right, cool. Great. Whatever you sure. He retired as a Bull. He's inducted to the Hall of Fame as a Bull. Yep, same thing. Sure. Gotcha. Just like it is. How do you you say it's not the same thing? Because I want to move on. Okay, tell me how it's not. I've explained how just, it's not. Just tell me how it's not. Because you believe no, you didn't. what you believe, no matter what I say. So that's why I want to move on. 
No matter what I'm saying, you're going to because disagree with it. Because you can't tell me how it's so Because you can't on. tell me how it's different. I, I, how is it different? Jordan stopped. He left. He left the NBA. Okay. He went and played minor league baseball. He came back and uh, took a different number when he came back. Kobe Bryant did not leave. What team? Kobe, Kobe Bryant what? did not leave. With what team? Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant okay. played straight through. Kobe Bryant never stopped playing. He never left the NBA. He just switched his number while he was playing. He did not leave like Jordan did. Jordan left and came back. Kobe Bryant did not leave. Okay. Kobe Bryant played straight okay. through. That is how it is different. And okay, you're so you're saying just because Jordan, Jordan took a year off, that doesn't entitle him to two numbers. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Mike, oh, it was not during Jordan. the same tenure. Kobe had the same tenure the whole time. Jordan had two different time. Jordan had two different runs. He had one is twenty three, and then the one where he came back is forty five, and you know, fucking looked shitty. Won a title under both. Won a title under both. I I just don't see how leaving for a year to dabble in his baseball fantasy makes it any less of of what Kobe did when he changed his number. And I said we'll agree to disagree and move on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you guys hear that the NBA players are actually doing the play, uh, the uh, All Star Draft? Did you guys hear this? No. You're telling me you you're letting NBA me know players right now. are doing it, and it, and it might not be televised. There's a huge uproar. Why wouldn't it be televised if this is what you're going to do? The NBA players get to pick the the All Star teams. I mean, this is setting up to snub so many people. It's like, how could you have this person? How could you have this person? And, Rich, we talked about this a long time ago. You're going to have to recall. Remember the NHL All-Star game? Which one? When when they got that guy in that was, like, never supposed to be there, the fans? Yeah, John Scott, yeah. The, and they did it with uh, Zaza, I guess, in the NBA as well. The fans did. Yeah. So to stop all of that, the NBA is going to let the players pick the all-star team. There's going to be a lot of snubbing. It's going to be a fucking popularity contest from, from which you have never seen. Well, I mean, the, 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 the snub heard around the world literally was keeping Isaiah Thomas off of the dream team. That was the biggest snub in, in, oh yeah, in basketball history up to this point. Um, when you say the dream team, you mean 1992, the team. Yeah, the God, that was the team. Yeah, the original dream team. Oh, I mean, they 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 put a fucking never played a professional basketball game in his life, Christian Leitner, on that team over putting Isaiah Thomas because that's how much Jordan hated Isaiah Thomas. Because let's be honest, Jordan was calling the shots on that fucking team. That that if they, if if. If the U.S. Olympic Committee went went to Jordan and said, we want Isaiah Thomas, they'd, he'd have said, who's your second choice to be Michael Jordan on this team? Because I ain't going to be here. I mean, it's, it's, not even a, it's not even a well-kept secret that he's the one that put his foot down and said, no, huh? So, I mean, <clears throat> to me, that's different than an All-Star. An All-Star game, All-Star game is an exhibition game that's supposed to be for the fans. But as we're finding out more and more, it's not really for the fans. It's a money grab for the fucking leagues and the owner who's and, and the owner and team who's hosting the All Star Game. 
And considering that the All-Star game, I believe, for what, better part of a decade now in the NBA is constantly held in Vegas. It's not held. See, and I always thought the All-Star games and the Pro Bowl and all of that was supposed to be based on what you did throughout the whole season. That's You know, the best players from every position is supposed to go. Yeah, but the problem is... So, is so this Pro Bowl selection and, and the and the All-Star selection and all this shit, it, to me, is moot because your stats should get you in. Yeah, well, but they've been letting fans call the shots for a while now in, in a few of the leagues. I mean, I... Yep. Wow, shit. I can't remember what year it was, but... I mean, that's how Mike Heath ended up on a fucking uh, uh, All-Star team is because fans voted him on, and... It was when uh, hold on a sec. It was when they uh, they actually handed you the the punch out uh, ballot. People collected them up, punched out his fucking, <laughs> put, stacked them up, and then punched out a bunch of them and turned them all in, stuffed the ballots with. But all star games to me are just like anymore. It's like well, what the fuck ever. Who gives a shit? I mean, honestly, I, I they don't mean anything. They tried to get it to mean something with uh, baseball by saying, okay, whoever wins gets home field advantage. But did that really make it, you know, must-see TV? No. No. And they will never make the NFL. They will never make the Pro Bowl mean anything. Well, yeah, but we talked about this, too, last year. Does anybody watch the All-Star game or the Pro Bowl or the NHL All-Star game? No. But we all watch the fucking challenge. The what? Right, but we all watch the challenge shows. The skill contests. Yeah, the skill competitions. Well, the NBA is fucked up with the dunk contest. Just beyond belief. I mean, period. All there is to it. They have have fucked that up by saying, oh, yeah, you can sit it out, blah, blah, blah. Look, no one, like, I get it. I I really do. People want to see, or excuse me, the NBA, the the star players don't want to fucking go and be in a dunk competition and play in the all-star game, blah, 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 whatever. But once again, it's for the fans. That's what that game is for. It's for the fucking fans. It's an exhibition game. And now you have players who, oh, I don't want to play in it. That tells you what the fucking players think about the fans. And I mean, I, on top of that, you got fucking dunk contests now where, didn't one year they pull out a car onto the fucking court and the yes. dude dunked Oh, that's it? like, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, common practice, cars, motorcycles, all types of shit. It all started the one year with the goddamn trampoline. It's just fucking snowballed ever since then. Uh, They're definitely not the dunk contests of yore. The ones that Jordan was in. Like those, back in the day. Those are over. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it it used to be like, oh, shit. You're going to watch fucking Jordan, Akeem Ajalon, et cetera, et cetera. These are the motherfuckers you want to see in a dunk contest. Now you turn on dunk contest. I couldn't tell you who the fuck's in them. I can just tell you, oh, yeah, there's one dude who dunked over a mascot and this other dude who dunked over a car. And I, As a casual fan, I couldn't tell you who the fuck they were. But No, but one of the best dunks i ever seen was when Spud's, Spud Webb's little ass jumps all the way up and dunks under, you know, throws it under his leg and jams it. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, yeah. Spud, right. That was what Spud Webb was known for, being a little short, what, five foot six, five foot seven motherfucker? Shorter than all of us. He's itty bitty. All right. But so. fucking all of this jumping over thing, that's Vince Carter's fault. He started that when he was in fucking uh, 
the Olympics, jump over the big seven-foot guy. Oh, and I was wrong. It wasn't Mike Heath. I forgot. It was another catcher. It was the 88 All-Star game that uh, the fans were accused of stuff in the ballot box in favor. It was Terry Steinbeck, or Steinbach, played for the uh, Oakland A's. Mike Heath played for the Oakland A's, too, but not that year. <laughs> had that wrong in, in my head. But, um, no, I mean, okay, well, the, look, here's the deal. Does it fucking, to get back to, to the whole reason, you know, we brought this up, does it even fucking matter? Do you care about the All-Star games? No. Not even a little bit. Exactly. That's just my voice changed. I had, I, I you know, I worked a job uh, years ago where the owner was not at all sports savvy. And this year it was, you know, the Super Bowl was played one week and the next weekend was uh, the Pro Bowl. And, you know, we, we it was a pizza place. And the owner goes, oh, we better fucking stock up this, this coming weekend. I'm like, why? Super Bowl was a couple days ago. Oh, it's, it's the last football game of the season. I'm like, the Pro Bowl? <laughs> you think we're going to have a run on pizza for the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I was like, you are just showing that you know dick about sports. (laughs) The Pro Bowl. And he didn't listen. And he, I mean, we were stocked up like it was the biggest fucking pizza day of the year. (laughs) I mean, we were sending people home and it was like... What the fuck was that about? Like, seriously. Oh my God. Like, our labor was at 60% for the day. What the fuck? Was it worth got, it? Got that Pro Bowl rush, dog. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Oh. Oh. So it's not just us who are like, eh, don't really give a fuck. A whole lot of people don't give a fuck. No one gives any fucks about the Pro Bowl. I think I've watched the Pro Bowl like, one time in my life. One time enough to know, like, yeah, I'm never going to watch this shit again. This is that schoolyard baby bullshit football. Well, it turns into, okay, you got guys going playing, what, half speed? Understandably so. Who the fuck wants to get injured and lose your career in the Pro Bowl? No one. You know what I'm saying? No defense is played hardly. I mean, and who, seriously, who wants... Who wants to lose your career over an exhibition game? I forget who fucking Pete Rose ran over, what Ketchery ran over at uh, at home plate in the All-Star game. But ask that dude how it feels to lose your career playing in an All-Star game. Because that motherfucker's career was pretty much over after that. Well, you have, uh, you have the continuing fucking just clusterfuck that is the Detroit fucking Red Wings. I, I this happened tonight, I believe. Uh, this is how you know it's going bad for a fucking team like the Red Wings. Justin Applicator speared a player on the Islanders to the point where he gets the maximum fine allowed under the CBA. Uh, yeah, it was Scott Mayfield. Like with his head or with a stick? No, with a stick. And <laughs> it's it's just like. Really, really? How many how many fucking years has it been the opposite? Oh oh yeah, yeah, I'm watching the video of it. He takes his stick and he goes right to the crotch with it. 
to the guy in front of the net. So, yeah, he's getting the maximum fine, which is $5,000 under the collective bargaining agreement. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, if this is it, if you needed any proof that this is the, no pun intended, the wheels coming off the Red Wings fucking car, here you go. They're now doing shit that for decades was done to them. And they're doing it, it the Islanders. The soon-to-be-relocating Islanders? Exactly, but it's like... The leaving Brooklyn Islanders? If, you're, if I'm going to give $5,000 of my fucking salary to, to get a nut shot in on somebody, I'm not wasting it on Scott Mayfield from the Islanders. Like, I understand shit happens in the heat of the moment, but, I mean, dude, this is just... It, seriously, it's getting... It, it's, it's embarrassing at this point. I mean... It, Five years ago, we knew a rebuild was coming here in Detroit. We knew it was going to be most likely an ugly one because the higher the highs, the, 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 the deeper the lows. That's just how it goes. But, I mean, Jesus, God, this is what? Not the first incident this season. Witowski, the, the, the I, think, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, the brawl they had earlier this year, he got fucking suspended for that. The Wings have an enforcer on their fucking on their team. That's that that tells you all you need to know. For the better part of two decades, unless you were looking at the grind line, which was all uh, guys who could play. They weren't just goons. They could play. They really didn't have an enforcer because they didn't have time for that shit. They wanted four fucking forward lines to be able to roll out there that could all score, and they wanted three fucking defensive pairings that they could roll out there that were all sound defensively and could pinch in if needed on, on the on the offensive side. Now they have roster spots just for guys to go out there and beat the shit out of people. Which, I mean, hey, I'm not complaining about because personally I feel like every team should have a, a guy like that on the roster. Way too many way too many players taking way too many liberties. And that's, to me, what falls under what happened with Justin Abligator. I mean, if I'm on the Islanders and I see him fucking two-hand chop a fellow player of mine in the crotch, a homeboy's got to bleed. That's all there is to it. It's all there is to it. He's picking his his teeth up off the ice at the end of the entire thing. I mean, it, 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 no two ways about it. That's how, that's how I see it. I mean, that's not just something that could... That's just not something that hurts. That's something that you could end up ending someone's career over. Their ability to have kids taken away from them. Fuck that. Same way, same, same way I felt about fucking Miss Sidney Crosby fucking doing the shit. Same way I feel about Applicator. It's a bitch move, and you need your ass kicked for it. I don't care if he wears my, 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 my team's fucking jersey. He needs an ass whooping. Damn. Statement. Rich is making it. So, two... You're about halfway home in the NHL. Vegas still, still, still up top. Twenty-two and nine. Forty-six points. Here, let me jinx them. They're not going anywhere. There. Now they're going to lose every game from here on out. Because I, I, I've been hesitant to say it, but that the team's for real, man. And they got and they got a fucking Stanley Cup winning goalie back. They got Marc Andre Fleury back. That's not going to hurt them. I mean, you got to think that's their number one goalie. They haven't had yeah for a good portion of this season. 
and they're still winning. It's just a, it's just a good team out of nowhere. Yeah. Inve- an expansion team. I mean, has this ever happened? Not that I can think of. Not my lifetime. No, I mean the. I think the quickest expansion team to win a championship, at least in my lifetime, Marlins. They came around in what ninety three and ninety seven. They won one. Yeah, that was pretty quick. <clears throat> I mean, but they damn sure weren't competitive their first fucking season. What about the Ravens? But that didn't count. That's a team that just that team just moved. Yeah, yeah. Vegas was a completely new team. That wasn't like, oh yeah, we're gonna move the Coyotes. Blah blah blah. No, this is an expansion team built strictly from an expansion draft. Which, I, I if I'm, let's say. I, okay, fuck it. Let's keep it close to home. If I'm Ken Holland, the GM of the Red Wings, I'm looking over my shoulder every time I'm called into the boss's office. I'm looking for plastic on the ground because the owner has to be looking at him going, wait a minute. So this team, who is completely starting from scratch, was able with cast-off players to put together a playoff team, and you can't? With all the resources at your fingertips? The fuck? I mean, I don't know. If, if I'm Ken Holland, I might, I might start looking to see what my, my, uh, my house in the area would fetch as far as, you know, on the market. Starts varying his walk to his desk every day. Take a different way every day. Hey, Ken doesn't seem to come in the same way every day anymore. Well, I mean. Can't it, seem to find him. It's already been proven he's a... He is a non-salary cap general manager. Under the salary cap, he hasn't done shit. None of his signings have turned out to be anything earth-shattering. He hasn't made any great moves. Every fucking young player that's came up under since you know the salary cap era started in the NHL has been let go. They've just let him walk. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm him... That's just one more strike against me. What the fuck am I doing here? I mean, if I'm the Illich family, I if, well, if I'm the Illich family, he he was gone a while ago. If I'm the Illich family. I'm begging Steve Eiserman to come up here before Eiserman made his made his bones down there in Tampa Bay. I would, in in my mind, the job that Steve Eiserman has done as Tampa Bay, he should have been doing here in Detroit. But they have the most points in the league at the moment. 24-7. Well, well, maybe Iserman actually did do it here in Detroit. I'm just saying. Maybe it wasn't Scotty Bowman. No. It was Scott. Scotty's got a record that goes back longer than we've been alive. I Now, if you want to say maybe it wasn't Ken Holland, but I see, I don't buy any of that. I just think Ken Holland was given a blank check and one order win. And he did it. You know, won three, won three before the, the lockout, one post-lockout. But the one he won post-lockout was just four years after the salary cap was implemented, and the Wings really hadn't started feeling the, the, the heat from all those ridiculous contracts that they'd signed players to. And to be fair to them, a couple bounces, you know, a couple different bounces, they win a Stanley Cup in 2009 as well. They go back-to-back again. But, you know, that's not the way shit worked out. I and mean, at this point, you have two goalies 
who you have Mrazic and you got Howard. Mrazic was supposed to be, you know, the future of the franchise for a while. Oh, he's going to be our starter. We want to move Howard. Then it was, no, we're going to keep Howard. They didn't protect Mrazic. He didn't get picked up in the, extent, in, in the expansion draft. That's got to tell you something. Especially now that you see how well the fucking the Golden Knights are doing. I mean, they obviously knew not to grab him. I, I don't know. I don't, it's, oh, it's just looking very, very bleak here in Detroit as far as sports go for the foreseeable future. Yeah, because the Pistons have come back to earth. With a thud. <laughs> yeah. And as we expected. Uh, yeah. It's the, well, the, we got the, oh my God, the best, pre, our best prospect right now is the fucking Detroit Lions. As far as professional teams. Yeah, that's true. I mean, college football, you got to put it on state. Mm-hmm. U of M is still clusterfuck. College yeah. basketball, you got to put it on state. Yep. Izzo, being Izzo. But yeah, Michigan's also, but their program's been a thing the last few years. Yeah, but I mean, dude, it's 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 still not. This is the pedigree that Izzo has. Yeah, exactly. Fucking just the last twenty years that that guy's just. You know, if you're going, if if you're signing to any college in Michigan to play basketball, you're hoping it's Michigan State because that's going to get you to the big time. Yeah, Mateen Cleves, big time, baby. Draymond Green, <laughs> that guy's got two rings, bitch. Mo Pete. Yeah, they're not all winners. Yeah, I know. Draymond Green's got two rings, and yet it took, what, the better part of two decades for one of the Fab Five to get a ring, and he did it by riding the bench in in Miami? Mm Mm-hmm. Riding that bench. Holding on to it for dear life. Yeah. So even Michigan's best moment in basketball in my lifetime one, they still didn't win a championship. And two, it, yeah, yeah, you, okay. Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, they went on to have respectable fucking careers in the NBA. Uh, shit. Was it, um, was it Howard that won with the, with the Heat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I, he was by no means as highly visible a player as a Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, in the NBA. I mean, to me, it was those two were, were of, the, of the Fab Five, the, the, the people that went on to be starters, and I guess you could say stars. I wouldn't say superstars. Maybe Webber at one point. Yes, name the other two? Uh, Jimmy King and uh, shit. So, so, Jackson. Yeah, let's say it's yeah. one everyone always forgets. Ray Jackson. But um King yeah. I thought King was the one they everybody forgot. Both of them, technically. Ray Jackson anyway. I, I knew. Well it was funny because it is god damn, it's about a decade ago now. Uh was at a sports bar and they were doing trivia night and obviously the sports bar was in Michigan and our table got picked to answer a question. And it was me and my buddy, and between us two, we figured we had every fucking... We're like, there ain't nothing they're getting past us. Give it to me, baby. 
and they were like, name the starting, name all five of the Fab Five. And I was like, ah, oh, this shit's easy, ah, oh, talking shit. And then I looked back and I looked at my friend who I was expecting to name all five of them, and he had the deer in headlights look. And I'm like, oh, fuck, don't do this to me, dude. Uh. I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right. <laughs> And he's like, God damn it. We got Jackson. It, you're right, Earl. It was King. It was Jimmy. He's like, who's the fifth one? Who's the fifth one? And, and like people at other tables are bouncing up and down like little kids that got to take a piss because they're like, they're not going to know this. We know it. We know it. And I'm like, God damn it. This is embarrassing. But yeah, I'm you, State, that's, that's this area's hope for, I think, the best hope for a championship, period. I mean, yeah, the Lions are probably the best professional team in Detroit at the moment, but they're not winning a World, or world Series. They're not winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. They're not winning the World Series either. I think they get a better shot of winning the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> Inner sports play. Here we go. Basketball. Let's do this. <sighs> hey, hey, before we get into football, we should... Oh, should we talk about the oh, house? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. No, but should we talk about the house of cards that's fallen at ESPN? Yeah. Well, oh. you can mention that, or you can mention the the college basketball triumphs. Well, we'll get to college basketball because we already brought up ESPN, but yeah. So, so the president of ESPN resigning because of substance abuse. Oh, what's gonna come? <laughs> oh, what's this guy gonna do with his wiener? That's that's just what my question is. All right, before we get too deep. I just want to say that I'm I'm putting on the tinfoil hat and I'm going hard on the conspiracy theory when it comes to ESPN in this aspect. ESPN's owned by Disney. Disney just bought out a lot of Fox's sports and entertainment. One of the things that Disney picked up with the with the Fox purchase was a lot of the local sports stations, the Fox Sports stations. Uh now, they do that, and the same day they do that, ESPN holds a company-wide meeting where the employees are warned to stay away from opinions on politics and stick to sports. Yeah. I don't think that's a fucking coincidence because they realize, even if at best if ESPN is the liberal sports network, which I cannot believe... Five years ago, I would not believe we're talking about what sports network is liberal and conservative, but this is, this, is, this is the world that America chooses to live in, demands we live in at this point. Everything's a fucking, everything's a political issue. Our new crazy society. Um, if ESPN is the liberal sports network, Fox definitely is playing the opposite. And now that they both are owned by Disney, and let's be honest, no matter what agenda Disney wants to push, they're only going to push that agenda as long as that green is still rolling in. Yeah. At least so far. We haven't gotten to the point where one of these major conglomerates is so big that they can fucking put profit aside to push their ideals 24-7. We might see it in our lifetime. I don't know. I mean, all the, basically all you have to do is just own everything. And then it doesn't matter if people don't like what you got to say because we say it a lot. Who's your second Monopoly. choice to deliver this? Yeah. Where are you going to go for your sports news? 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, would you like to go to the other channel? Oh, wait, we own them all. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that local Fox Sports is way different than national Fox Sports. I mean, when they, when they picked that up, like case in point here in Detroit, they picked up the rights to the Pistons, the Red Wings, and the Tigers. They also picked up the Yes and, and NESN network, along with Fo- the local, the Fox Sports local affiliates. So that means they're broadcasting Red Sox and Yankees on their own fucking networks. All your sports now belongs to Disney. Pretty much. I mean, so I don't think it was any coincidence whatsoever that the exact same day that, that Disney made this purchase, this fucking, you know, hard and fast rule came down from the top of the mountain from ESPN. Stick to sports. <sighs> Thank it's good, though. Cut all this nonsense out. I want to hear about sports. We'll see. Care about your political opinion? Yeah, but, I mean, you, you know, you can say we'll see, but based on the sample size we have, yeah, people have taken the fucking hit. Jamel Hill certainly well, ain't, been posting, ain't been tweeting out about white supremacist Donald Trump supporters since her ass got a two-week fucking vacation. Granted, it wasn't for us Donald Trump, a white supremacist. It was for biting the NFL hand that feeds him, but still. You're going to force me to watch Stephen A. Smith to see if they shut him up. Oh, no, he can, he'll still, remember, he, his gig is, his shtick is, he's the guy with the the crazy opinion. He'll just have it based on uh, other shit. Like, you know, is LeBron the? You know, he'll he'll have his wild, crazy opinions on on sports shit instead of political shit. Well, also, once again, this time I'm definitely pulling down, make sure my tinfoil hat's snug. All you got to do to get someone out of a fucking out of an office, out of a, a an environment you don't want them in, is accuse them of sexual harassment. Like the Carolina Panthers owner. Well, no, I'm just saying, if, if Stephen A. Smith forgets who he is and forgets who pays his checks, and ESPN and Disney ultimately don't want to look like the bad guys coming down and cracking down on what he's, quote-unquote, allowed to say and not allowed to say, Disney, you don't, think they got an, you don't think they got enough extra money to go to a female employee and go, yeah, your Christmas bonus will be awfully generous this year, but we're going to need you to fucking stand in front of the cameras and say, Stephen A. Smith said or did this grabbed your ass and then boom showed you his cock there's you don't it does not require any proof besides someone saying it happened and they can dismiss him out of hand and everybody will stand up and applaud yeah and then you have to sell your football team like jerry richardson carolina that's insane you know i gotta ask since you are the free market libertarian on the podcast how do you feel about the fact that team owners now twice in the last five years are being forced to sell their teams because, oh, we don't like something you did or said? That has nothing to do with them running the team, by the way. If you're dumb enough to have a structure in place that could have you voted out, nope, that's how it goes. Because, I mean, it, that's uh, that's really, if you get down with it, that's how it probably happened, is these pl- things have boards that went, hey, you're done. 
I just find it amazing that you can purchase something like a NFL team, an NBA team, and it could be all your money. It could be one person's money, and yet other people can decide, well, now you have to sell it. You sell your interests in it. Well, I mean, but at that point, I'm looking at him going, where the fuck were you when I was paying the fucking note to buy this cocksucking motherfucking team? It's true. But now you can tell me to sell it? There is huge... There's huge talks about uh, there should be a black owner now. Since he's selling this team, a black person should be able to buy it. Isn't Diddy going to buy it? Isn't that the Twitter campaign? I that do us one mate. He's yeah, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, making all the fucking noise about he wants to buy the team. Isn't Diddy and Cap didn't buy it together? Uh, first of all, <laughs> what, what the fuck is Kaepernick going to throw in? Yeah, I know, right? All the money he saved on haircuts since he got all militant? What? I mean, seriously, how much money has he made? Even if he saved every dime he's ever made as a professional fucking football player, that's a drop in the bucket when it comes to buying an NFL team. Congratulations. You're the proud owner of one cleat. Yeah, I know, right? You own this row of the stadium. Yeah, and you notice there's only one seat in that row. So enjoy your ownership. I mean, compared to Diddy, Diddy's got wealth. He doesn't need a seat. They just take a knee anyway. Diddy's got wealth. (laughs) Kaepernick's rich. Diddy's got wealth. I mean, he's got 20 years of the the biggie fortune for starters. Oh, hell yeah. He knew killing his biggest artist was going to fucking be his best business move he ever fucking Uh did. Yeah, that vodka that he sold. Dude, it's... For a while there, I don't think, what, maybe 50% of the albums and singles that were hits, he somehow was attached to? I mean, for a good, what, 10 years there? From the mid-90s to the mid-2000s? Even when he wasn't... As Suge Knight famously said at at the Source Words... All up in the videos, dancing and shit. When he stopped all that shit after he got tried for fucking murder, he still was behind the scenes and his name's all over a bunch of fucking hits people don't realize. That man will be collecting money. That man's great, great, great grandchildren. Unless they pull up. Unless one of them is just allowed to run his fucking empire into the ground will be collecting checks off of these fucking songs he produced and gave himself co-writing credits for for decades and generations to come yeah so i mean it's yeah he might be one of the very few people dr dre dr dre said he wanted to buy a fucking football team i'd take it seriously him and Cube should buy the Raiders. Well, dude, I didn't realize how much Dr. Dre was worth until fucking I saw that uh, that HBO documentary, The Outsiders. Raps first billionaire. The Defiant Ones. Uh, yeah, when he sold Beats, what, what for three billion? Yeah. It's like holy fuck, dude. Him and Tyrese got drunk and went on Instagram. <laughs> You're a billionaire, so no one can take your phone away from you. Here. Uh, Mr. Dre, that's not a good idea. Here, hand me your phone. Yeah. Fuck away from me, bitch. I was in NWA. Yeah. I do what I want. Yeah. Bitch, pour another you shot. See what I, 
You see what I did to D Barnes? <laughs> yeah. I ain't above smacking a hoe. <laughs> but no, before, look, I, I understand that the verbal date rapist wants to move on to the racial issue involved in this because he, 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 oh yeah, his way through the front door <laughs> to make sure he got his fucking, his pointy hat opinion in on that. Um, but before we get to that, too far down that rabbit hole, I mean, seriously, what the, what the fuck is going on where, hey, the owners got together and you've been voted out of the club? Really? Is that, is that, is that how this, is it, is that how the free market's supposed to work? Is that how America's supposed to work? Really? The way some of these things are structured? Yeah. It's, it, there's a bunch of people that can vote on your, interests and who controls what yeah well then my question is what about guys like jerry jones and al davis you know you goddamn well know the nfl didn't want al davis even around so how the fuck did he get away with what he got away with i mean there's rumors that jerry jones this year basically walked up to the line of getting told you will take your franchise from you because of this shit with with goodell and everything but i mean my guess is you gotta have all the other the, you gotta have all the other guys to like you and quite honestly is you gotta they, my guess is Al Davis probably made sure he had himself a lot of allies at the owners' meetings. So, and it came time to stand up to the league. It's like, uh, hey, how about fuck you? You know, it's it's twenty eight of us versus you know four. Fuck off. I don't know. I and once again, what legal charges, if all, if any, have been filed uh, against him to for him to be forced to sell his franchise? I think the. I, None. There's a bunch of settlements. Kind of like a, 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 if there's smoke, there's fire kind of issue. And I mean, I get that, but that I'm not much more comfortable with that than I am with the fact that, uh, uh, oh shit, drawing a blank. Homeboy who had to sell his fucking uh, basketball team. Don Sterling. Thank you. I wasn't very comfortable with the fact that, one, he was forced to sell it based upon somebody unknowingly recording a conversation off the record against his knowledge and releasing those tapes in his own home on top of it. I mean, I, I don't... Give me a definition that fits better than invasion of privacy than that. I mean, I just... I wasn't very comfortable with, like... And it's not... Look, what the man said... It, uh, ooh, 80-year-old man said 80-year-old man shit. Shocking. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. You know, I mean, it's like your fucking 80-year-old great-uncle who gets drunk and fucking tells you about the good old days when the darkies knew their place and the gays weren't all up in your face about it, you know, and all this shit. Whatever. You, you just roll your eyes, shake your head, and go, you know, thank God for fucking, you know, Darwin, huh? And then you just move on with life. But I, I don't know, man. It's... This shit just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, we're not talking he had to step down from some organization that he heads up and, and, you know, spends maybe 10 minutes a year thinking about. We're talking about a fucking football team. I mean, I I don't know. He's not even a politician. If he was a politician and he was using public money to pay off the settlements, fine. Hold his feet to the fire about that. 
But this is private business in the private sector, money that's his being used in settlements. I don't I, I don't know. I think he's going to make a bunch of money, though. So. He is. Oh, he's going to make a ton of money. From what he bought it for to what Panthers are, are worth now is ridiculous. But it's it's more than, and you guys, I don't know if you read up on the story or not, it's more than just the, the sexual harassment that he's accused of. Uh, was watching sportscasters today, and they were talking about him, uh, you know, being a racist and... You know, call it. You know, call him black guys, boys, and you know, just the the connotation that you know he's they're beneath him, and that's why another. You know, everybody's starting to talk about uh, black owners being allowed in the NFL, and what gets me, Rich, I'm with you on this. It's his money and all that, but here's the thing: you have 32 white guys owning these teams, and it's obvious. To anybody who has a brain, that they're doing, you know, socially unacceptable things, you know, uh, you know, stuff like, you know, being kind of racist, if you want to call it that, against Colin Kaepernick, uh, against other other black players, um, and everything. But they're doing so many different things that are socially quote socially unacceptable. All of a sudden, he gets accused of sexual harassment. Now he has to sell his team? If I was him, I would stand up and start pointing fingers at the other 31 motherfuckers and going, okay, then you sell your team for this, and you sell your team for that. How the fuck are you going to single me out and kick me out of my own business? I just think this goes, this goes with press that NFL does not need right now. If you really get to the... The, the crux of it. No, I agree. I, I agree with you that the NFL doesn't need this type of press right now. But I don't know, man. It just, it just smacks of their engineering. <laughs> Look, if a team's for sale, people should be able to bid on the team, and the person who's selling the team should be able to sell to the person makes them the best offer. This, to me, just smacks of using the current political climate in this country to engineer what people quote-unquote want to happen with these teams. I mean, look, if, okay, if, if, if Puff Daddy buys the fucking Panthers, I don't give a shit. I don't care. In fact, I hope he runs that fucking organization into the ground. They're in the same fucking division <laughs> as my bucks. Fuck them. Fuck them in their ear, then fuck them in their other ear. Then I'll bust a nut in their eyes so they can see where I'm coming from. I don't give a fuck about the Panthers, all right? Please, Puffy, buy it, start getting gangster again, and fold the fucking in and just run it into the ground. Just, just do it. But there's a difference between the opportunity for someone like him to buy the team presenting itself organically and people behind the scenes making maneuvers to make it happen. And I'm not talking people that are in his camp that are trying to make it easier for him to buy the team. I'm talking people who don't have a stake in him buying the team. I mean, that's just, I, I don't know, that just, it doesn't sit well with me. The same way a practice like redlining, if you don't know what it is, Google's your friend, didn't, you know, d doesn't sit well with me. The reverse of it doesn't sit well with me. And if you don't know what redlining is, I guess I have to explain myself. Redlining was the practice of certain landowners 
cities, counties, and rental property owners having an unspoken agreement amongst themselves that we're only going to allow people of a certain race or ethnicity or religion into this area. So, for example, white family, nuclear family, you know, mom, dad, two kids, go to buy a house in the suburbs of where the fuck ever. Their price is the price that the market dictates. Black nuclear family, mom, dad, two kids go to move in. Their price is jacked up four times. Yeah, it's that we're racist, but you can't really prove it. Ah. You know, that, that type shit. Until people got together and started going, well, wait a minute. How much did you pay for your house? Well, why did I pay four times the price? And even after I paid four times what you paid, still had to fight to get in this neighborhood. That's when the fucking, uh-oh, something fucking is rotten in the state of Denmark came out. So, I, as much as I despise the practice of redlining, I'm not sure, like I said, once again, how comfortable I am with this, this witch hunt of, okay, you sexually harassed whatever, you've been accused of it, nothing's been proven in court. And I know that settlement makes people look guilty, but if that's the case, then why aren't we marching on every corporate headquarters with pitchforks and torches and killing CEOs? Because every corporation, every single one has made settlements because it's cheaper than going to court. That's what settlements are there for. It's going to save them money in lawyers. It's going to save them money as far as loss of business due to, you know, Casting a shadow over their reputation, whatever the fuck. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It have- just—it does not set well with me because this is setting a the Donald Sterling shit. It was set up so anyone who defended him not selling his fucking franchise was painted as, oh, so you're a racist. You support racists, and now this is set up to where if you don't support fucking the Panthers being sold. Oh, so you support fucking sexual assault and rape. Anytime something anytime something's painted that black and white, it doesn't set well with me. There's there anybody who has half a brain knows the world is more nuanced than that. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it, it it's a, it's a strange new world order. It it really is because what I'm getting from all of this, and it's sad that we're getting it to this, but and we've talked about it, but it just seems like everybody's tired of the one percent having all the money, and they found a new avenue into their pocket. Well, oh boy, the temporarily embarrassed millionaire on the podcast, uh, dude. I, I mean, I guess you can paint it that way. To me, this is just. Oh, no, no, we're getting the old boy system out of here. Yeah. He's a and, and from the South. And look, I have no problem getting the old boy system out. The old boy system fucking is a very exclusionary system. If you ain't in the club, you ain't one of us. Fuck you. You ain't worth shit. I think he may or may not. Uh, it was a to have talked like Falkhorn Leghorn. <laughs> My problem is the means by which they're using to do it because eventually we're going to hit peak bullshit. It's we hit we've already I think we've already hit peak bullshit. It's super witch hunty. Well I think we've already hit peak bullshit with the racial stuff. 
mm-hmm. to the point where someone throws out the word racist and everyone just fucking rolls their eyes and shrugs. That word has ceased to carry the weight with it that it used to. Yes, you've demeaned the value of it because you've used it so much. No one right. seems to understand this. Because I go to a Mexican restaurant and enjoy Mexican food, and I'm not Mexican. I'm racist, and I'm guilty of cultural appropriation. Because of those people, they've lowered the bar so much that that word no longer means shit to anybody. I'm cultural appropriate this food into my stomach because it is delicious. And I think we're getting that way with this sexual harassment shit. Because no fan, I, I just... And it's only because it's an example that's fresh in my mind. It's not like I'm a fan of the man. I think I've made that fucking abundantly clear on hundreds of podcasts now. But, you know, like, the one of the accusations against Trump is, oh, well, he hit on me and he made me feel uncomfortable. Okay, well, feeling uncomfortable is not sexual harassment. Feeling uncomfortable is not sexual assault. And on top of this, this was a beauty contestant a beauty pageant contestant who said she st- he stood in front of me and eyeballed me in a way that made me uncomfortable while I was in a bathing suit. Bitch, you're on national television in a bathing suit. Yes. Let me tell you something, sweetheart. There's people doing a lot more nasty shit than eyeballing you in front of their TV. Ooh. Some of them are even fucking sticking a finger up their ass while jerking <laughs> off. But did that stop you from getting in that bathing suit? Does this stop you from cashing those checks based on what? What's your talent? Looking pretty? I, I mean, I... The whole point of a beauty contest is to be stared at. I, I'll, never, I'll never understand why when it comes to a, a, a beauty pageant, we're supposed to act like it has something to do with more than their looks. But yet when it comes to... A weight, you know, a, 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 like a whatever, a, a bodybuilding contest with a bunch of men. They don't give a single fuck if you can even speak the language. Looking at, I've seen pumping iron. Looking at you, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, back in the seventies. It's all about how you look. But we have to lie and say these beauty. Oh, it's about their talent and their poise and their. No, it's about how much you want to fuck them. All right, that's what it's and, about. And how they walk and smile and wave and. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want Let me to tell you something. Answered immediately. There have been women I have seen in beauty contests that could get up there and and look like a like 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 someone with cerebral palsy drunk off their ass trying to walk, and I wouldn't give a shit because they're that hot. And I know I'm not the only one that's fucking thought that. Like, get the fuck out of here. Just be honest. Be honest. Stop with the bullshit. And it's just I, I my bullshit detector is just pegged, man. It's just pegged on a lot of these stories. And this, this happens to be one of them. Like, and, and all right, I get it. Professional sports has set themselves up to where they can basically go, oh, you're no longer one of the cool kids, so we're going to vote you off the island. As far as owners of, of franchises go, I get it. All right? But there's a difference between that happening organically and shit happening behind the scenes to not only get an owner out, but to basically install a new owner of their choosing. Not someone who goes, oh, hey, fuck it. I'll throw my money in the ring. I'll see what I can do. I don't know. It just, it just bothers me. Yeah. it's it's 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the mob dictating what happens instead of the market. But at the same time, it's ah, I I know too much. It's like, well, the structure of these things allows shit like that to happen. It sucks. And now this guy, you know, who brought professional football to Charlotte, and now gets to have his reputation tarnished. But his bank account filled. So, I don't know. And everyone will move on. You know, I mean, I've noticed that Dan Snyder still seems to own the Redskins. You know, where, 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 was, this, uh, where was this mob when that was everybody's pet cause? Like, five, six years ago. Couldn't do it then. I mean, I will say this. I think that if someone, if someone like Puff Daddy does end up being a majority owner of the Panthers, I mean, I... I don't know how much he has his finger on the pulse of, uh, you know, the younger generations, the you know, the, the generations behind us, the millennials and Gen Z. But it can't help, I mean, excuse me, it can't hurt their credibility as far as, okay, it's not a bunch of fucking old white men that own all these franchises anymore. You know, you got you got you got someone from the quote unquote hip hop generation in there. The NFL owners, one black friend. Well, I mean, hey, we're hip, we're cool, we got a black owner. But I mean, look at look at Jay Z's got a piece of the Nets. Look at look at some of the decisions the NFL makes as far as performers who perform at at, at you know marquee you know games, the the Thanksgiving Day games and shit. Dude, they picked Nickelback to play halftime one year, and the internet damn near fucking collapsed in on itself between making memes goofing on the NFL for that and trying to get Nickelback off of fucking the halftime show on the Justin Timberlake comes back this year. No Janet Jackson. Did you see there was a movement on the on Twitter? Yes, yes, yes. Against yes. Janet, against that that Janet Jackson was being discriminated against. Well, she's a Muslim now, so just get her out there in her entire fucking, you know, with the curtains over her face and everything, and, you know, everything. That, she ain't going to get naked no more. Janet Jackson not being discriminated. She hasn't had a hit record in 15 years. Start there, assholes. Anyway. Um, well, so, yeah, the social justice mob is out of hand. But, I mean, okay, okay, but hold on a sec. Is it a bad move if someone like Puff Daddy ends up owning a franchise i mean i don't i don't see how it is for all whatever you can say about the man he's obviously a shrewd businessman or he wouldn't be where he's at he wouldn't even be in the talk to own an nfl team if he wasn't a shrewd businessman the new team colors are gold and gold (laughs) every highlight will be with a fisheye lens (laughs) yeah it's now Team DJ. He follows them to every event. But no, I mean, seriously. No longer have cheerleaders. We have bitches. I mean, this is this is bound to it's it's bound to happen because not every owner is going to hand down their franchise to their family when they die, and that family want anything to do with that franchise. Not every franchise is the Detroit Lions. Like I think the Fords are very happy owning the Detroit Lions. I, I just I I get that impression. It doesn't bother them that they don't win a, 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 a Super Bowl because they have a license to print money and they have a license to show for their fucking product. I mean, Christ, the Lions play at where Ford, Ford Field. Field. 
Exactly. I mean, it, it, advertisement out the ass. You have something that millions of people watch every week to use as a vehicle to get an advertisement for your fucking product out. So I don't think that's going anywhere. Not every f- owner that's alive right now is it, their family don't want to fucking run franchises necessarily. So there's going to be turnover. It's just, it's not that that bothers me. It's not that it's Puff Daddy that wants to buy it that bothers me. It's the maneuvering makes it seem like this is being engineered to happen this way. That's what bothers me. Because if it was the other way around, all hell would be breaking loose right now. Period. If it was fucking, uh, if the... If the NFL, for whatever reason, in Bizarro Universe, was predominantly black-owned, or, or, or exclusively black-owned, and predominantly had white players in it, and there was maneuvering behind the scenes to get, I don't know, Garth Brooks to buy the fucking Carolina <laughs> Panthers, people would be pulling their hair out and shitting themselves. And to me, rightfully fucking so. They should be uncomfortable with that. Ooh, white man coming in, gotta own a team. And just, but know. see, it's not even about that. With I, with some people, it is. With me, it's not. It's why are you maneuvering shit behind the scenes and pushing for this? This isn't let the best person with the highest bid win. If this is the case, this is let's use something that's hot in the media right now to push out an owner. And to install an owner we want, that way we can stand up and go, hey, one of our owners is black. See, we're not racist. <laughs> yeah. Our black friend. Exactly. It just, I don't know. Whatever. Well, it just, once again, I'm not made for this world, obviously, anymore. I'm just not. I think and 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 dissect things and maybe connect dots where I shouldn't, but... None of that's welcome anymore. You're just supposed to just shut up and do what you're fucking told and accept what you're told or else we're going to label you as something and then that's the end of you. I mean, I, I I don't play that game. Fuck it. It doesn't sit right with me. All right. Well, shall we keep talking about NFL? Or is there uh, other shit we want to address before we do talk about the what week 15? Oh, it's already almost. Oh. Just started. Oh, yeah. There's the fucking president of ESPN that we somehow skipped over when we were talking about ESPN. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, it's the whole college thing. Thousand wins, two coaches. All right. Well, the president of ESPN has resigned due to uh, substance abuse. And, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to hear about this guy's penis. In the next couple of weeks, because to me this seems to be a proactive move. There's got to be more to this. Like all of a sudden, hey, by the way, super hooked on drugs. I'm resigning. Deuces. I don't know. Seems kind of fishy to me. And explains, you know, what's been going on over there. Oh, the president was just high the whole time. Do you buy that? I don't. I well, okay. First of all, substance addiction. I understand we use catch-all terms. But his name's, unfortunately for him, John Skipper. Jesus Christ. Could there be more of a white name than that? No. Scientifically, that, no. That is, that is whitest name. Hey, Skippy. 
But anyways, the only way it could be even whiter. The only way it could be whiter is if his name was White. His name was John White, <laughs> and his middle name's for sure. <laughs> but no, and it, this is a Mister Mackey looking motherfucker. Like seriously, and he's I, just judging by his picture. Homeboy's got to be in his sixties. What the fuck drugs was he on? CA sixty two. What the fuck drugs was he on? I know he's got a once a day ayahuasca habit. That's what I'm saying. I don't picture this guy putting on light shows for the the the, the his subordinates at ESPN because he's rolling balls. He's not checking out the new Stephen Sachs set that someone put together. <laughs> I, I I mean I, I like substance addiction. What if you're an alcoholic? Wouldn't you say you know struggles with alcohol? Because substance addiction leaves the door open for illicit, illegal substances. I mean, so I, yeah. it, I don't know. That's up to, I think this is proactive. <laughs> Getting out in front of something. And stay tuned on this. He just signed a contract extension, too. Earlier this year, he signed a contract extension through 2021. 20, uh, if this is something that... that I mean, in his statement, I have struggled for many years with a substance addiction. I have decided the most important thing I can do right now is take care of my problem. I have disclosed that decision to the company, and we mutually agreed that it was appropriate that I resign. Really? Then why did they sign him to an extension? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, I'm, going, I'm taking a, a very long way around to saying I agree with you. Something else is up. Something else ain't right here. Come to find out there's going to be like, he sent out weekly dick pic emails to all female staffers. I mean, it's going to be something. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've got this new theory. If, like, if you are super pious, you're hiding something. And that's how ESPN has been coming off the last few years. There's going to be something spectacular that's going to come out about this dude. So you'll be like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, it's um, something like, oh, it's late. My brain isn't working. You know, something crazy Doug Stanhope would come up with is going to come out about this guy. It's going to involve children, racism, dick pics, clowns, puppies. <laughs> Who the fuck knows this current climate we're in? Well, I mean, I think I also do have to admit, I think it's interesting that he steps down on, what, today, right? Yes. And yet four days ago is when... They had the company-wide meeting at ESPN saying, drop the politics. Oh. Hmm. I mean, so I mean, Is a new regime coming? Yeah. I, I kind of wonder. I mean, I really do. I mean, this is... The, the, this Provo's thing. election was made today, too. <laughs> Squirrel. What the fuck does that have to do with anything <laughs> with what we're talking about? Because he he resigns on a day where they break try to break big news about the Pro Bowl, so it's like he's stepping down, and let's sweep it under the rug. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. Well, that, if that's the case, that Pro Bowl cover up. It's like that Pro Bowl rush. I was gonna say, yeah. If that's the case, then this guy is a fucking. Then ESPN are a bunch of fucking idiots. No one has ever in the history of ever given a fuck about the Pro Bowl enough not to pay attention to this story. You know, it's been sitting there waiting for the Pro Bowl. The only people who wait for the Pro Bowl nominations to come out are the people being nominated. It's, oh, like I'm looking at the headlines. Oh, the Pro Bowl came out today. All right. All this is is this is stuff to juice up people's contracts. <laughs> 
He has a three-time Pro Bowl. I don't know. Disney has a tendency to... Are they rebooting ESPN? Is this, is what, is this what's happening? Well, what I was going to say is modern Disney, at least, modern Disney, has a tendency to do what they're... Okay, how do I explain this? Okay, perfect example. Since Disney's taken over the Star Wars franchise, you have to either be blind, ignorant, or you're being painfully, willfully obtuse to not recognize and see that Star Wars has become way more diverse since Disney took over than it ever was under George Lucas. Apparently, white males can be in the First Order. They can't be in the Resistance. Okay, but that's just Disney. Disney doesn't make a big stink about it. They just do it. You see what I'm saying? Like, Disney didn't release press statements saying, we're going to make Star Wars more diverse. They just fucking did it, period. That's all there is to it. Yeah, look at the, their new trio. Black guy, brown guy, chick. Disney is like the boyfriend who doesn't ask if he could come on your hair. He just comes on your hair. <laughs> Disney doesn't even stick the finger in the butt. Disney just fucking sticks it in your ass and you take it because it's Disney. They just do it. Yeah. They don't... They, they don't wait for verbal confirmation and the okay. They just do what they want to do. So the, to me, this is just like, all right, is this Disney waking up to the fact that, because there was no, as far as, I, as far as I remember, there was no declaration at, at ESPN that they were going to get all political. I think they got just very lackadaisical in their enforcement of, hey, this is a sports network. Keep it about sports. We understand that sports and politics intersect at times, but you don't walk around looking for ways to connect the two when they're not when when they have nothing to do with each other. Which is what ESPN's been doing for years now. Which is what a lot of people have been doing for years now. I mean, let's just be honest. Nothing happens to where someone cannot make it. I I have literally oh, the wildfires the wildfires in California. A guy saved a bunny. Get out of his car, saw a bunny running from the flames, picked it up, saved it. Great, great feel-good story. It's what they put on at the end of the newscast to make you feel good after telling you how bad the world sucks for 29 minutes. White bunny. We all understand. No, no. Close, but no. Then some writer gets online and says, this, is, this, this explains the problem with all white people. They care more about that bunny than they care about black people. How the Fuck, did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> yes. That's a big fucking leap, man. I, but that's the world we live in these days. And ESPN's guilty as fuck about it because... How how many... Oh, my God, how many times did we have... Has, has any of us sat and listened to a highlight... Or not highlight, but listened to an excerpt from one of these talking head shows and heard something that had nothing to do with race be completely turned into something about race. A few times, Stephen A., looking at you. Especially when it, when Skip Bayless was still on the channel. That, that might as well have been old white people versus young black people. That might as well have been the name of that fucking <laughs> that show. I'd watch that show. <laughs> I'd DVR that show. Hey, young black people, you might kick our ass, but we own everything, yeah, Inclu including the cops. Yeah, but no, serious. I, I, this is this is what I hate 
about what's going on in the world, at least here in America today. Everything, everything, nothing is what it fucking is. Everything is ulterior motives. Everything is, is people plotting. Nothing is just, hey, look, we hired him. He did a bad job. We fired him, period. That's, it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. There's always more bullshit to it. And that's what pisses me off is that we're sitting here and I'm like, really? Really? A 62-year-old man who's the head of ESPN? You're telling me he's got a raging crack habit? <laughs> I don't buy it. You don't get to be at the top of the fucking heap with that type of shit. You blow jobs in the parking lot every day in Bristol. Yeah, I doubt this fucker's passed out with a rig hanging out of his arm at lunchtime at ESPN. He's driving to the I, Bronx every day for lunch so I, he can cop. Uh, just I'm not buying. And 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 you know what? And we you know what's going to happen is that it's it's going to come out, but it's going to be buried. What yeah. do they call it? The, like like in in politics, anytime they want to release a story. That they hope dies out quickly. They do it Friday afternoon because it gives it all weekend for people to fucking you know for other shit to happen and bury that story. I mean, that's 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 I I kind of get you know I get the feeling that's what's going to happen with this. Now, having said all that, if ESPN seriously ditches the politics, goes back to the ESPN of that we grew up with, I can't say that. That's a bad thing. No, I'd like to watch it again. I'd like it to be what it once was, an information aggregator. I mean, I think the only person who probably watches it out of us three is Earl. I'd agree with that statement. Yeah, I watch it. I mean, I now, I guess I watch the highlights online, but I but it's it's strictly just the highlights with with, you know, the anchors talking, you know, doing what they normally do. Everything else around the highlights is cut out. There's the app, a lot more than the television channel. You know, and, and me, I'm, and yeah, I, I watch the highlights online through ESPN. I do watch the fantasy show with Matthew Barry every now and then. So, but yeah, as far as Sports Center, nope. I watch Monday Night Football on my phone and shit. And, and you know, Earl, you said yourself. A bunch of times this year about how the the flagship six o'clock sports center isn't even like a sports center anymore. Well, the whole the whole show, none none of none of it sounds looks anything like sports center. But the, I mean, that's why I think they came out and said, you know, stick to sports, stay away from politics. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's so many people that feel that way. You you, sl- you switched on Sports Center and you swore to God that you switched on CNN. And you're and you're sitting there going, "The fuck are you talking about? All I want to know is who won the fucking game." Yeah, show me scores and plays. Is this really? Is is this? And this is getting into maybe a little unregimented territory, but bear with me. Do you think that maybe the fact that 20 years ago, it was like what we're talking about. You could you could switch on ESPN, get the scores of the games, get talk about what happened in the games, not all this political bullshit. Do you think it it's not like that anymore because of things like social media to where everyone thinks their opinion matters? 
I mean, even to even to an extent, podcasting, where everyone thinks their opinion matters to the point where they just have to get it out no matter what. Because I just don't remember this before social media. I, I It's what sells. It's always going to be what sells. And unfortunately, people's opinions sell. When, when, you, when you look at them and like, oh, we care. Look, we're talking about it on our flagship of SportsCenter. We care. You know, the, the puppets that are the you know, social justice warriors, you know, hit the pedal and, and tune in. But the, the thing is, Rich, is what they tried to do is go after all demographic. They already have us men with sports. You say sports, we're like, what? Well, you know, we drop everything, you know, but then they want to get the women and the children and the teens and and all these people with sexual identity crisis and they, they want everybody. They want everybody. And in doing so, Not they lost happen. the biggest demographic. Yep. Not, they, they forgot their bread and butter. Oh, they pulled they pulled a Hillary Clinton. <coughs> they forgot what made them who they are. So you go, I, I just got political on that ass. But, yeah, that's. Dudes are what made you, and then they they got greedy. They tried to go for everybody's money. No, just keep taking dudes' money. It's what made you who you are. Well, well I, yeah, because what happened was, yeah, they they lost the men, and when they lost the men, the women were like, "Well, back to soap operas," and the teens were like, "Well, let's jump on social networking." I mean, so you lose the men that makes you know everybody watch the sports centers and watch the sports you know channels. <laughs> Sports centers. Everybody. You said the sports centers. Well, because there's different kinds of sports centers, or there was. I don't know if they're going to change it back. Yeah, the six o'clock isn't even called sports center technically anymore, is it? It's called on no. the six or whatever. On the six with Mike and Jamel. Yeah, I mean, I always. Granted, I never really watched the six o'clock sports center because nature of my work, I was usually at work at six o'clock in the evening. So it was always the the morning sports center was to me the sports center, but I understand that that's was their biggest their most watched sports center on a on, on a daily basis, and it, they purposely went out of their way to, to to change it and format it to make it stand out from the rest of them. Well, now also they they do what all morning live versus recording it and re- replaying it like they used to do back in the day. Well, and I think a lot of it also has to do with uh, the sports casters that have passed away and retired, and you know, the the real sports casters, you know, Boomer and Boomer and them that that had the catchy phrases that made it fun to watch. Yeah, they're replacing their personalities with just milk toast, generic talking heads. You get they're replacing personality with no personality. I, exactly. Look at that guy. Was it Sergio Duper? Was whatever his name was. <laughs> oh, that was just that was just painful. A, that was a poor choice. Obviously, English is not his first language. It was just painful to watch. Yeah. I mean, it really was. Well, that that to me that was tripping over their own dick. That was trying to prove, hey, we are so diverse. We're you know we're gonna have this commentator from Deportes. Yeah, you know, we're going to have him do that, the English-speaking game. And, 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 yeah, well, we all see how it turned out. Like, yeah, you you'd, you would have done better just having him speak Spanish. I also think something that's that's been lost at ESPN in the last 
five, six years is it's no longer fun a lot of the time to watch these shows. Absolutely not. You enjoy it. The last time I watched, you know, one of the Talking Head shows, it was something I was enduring until I couldn't do it anymore and I turned it off. It wasn't spirited debate about sports. It was, you know, political opinions and, and, and you know, all the social climate and this and that. And it's like, you know, guys, I get it. I really do. I really understand that. Sports has been the first one through the wall on a lot of issues in the history of you know our country. But God damn it, if you take the fun out of sports, it just becomes politics. And politics sports is becoming like politics, and politics is becoming more like sports. I mean, you pick a side, Democrat or Republican, and you root for them, and you shit on everyone who doesn't pick a side. And it used to be it used to be the way it was in sports. If you sat down, how many times would you sit down with someone and go, "Oh, who you got in this game?" Oh, I'm uh, I don't really have a football team. I'm just a football fan. Really? You watch football week in week out, and you don't root for anybody? Leave immediately. We are no you longer know? friends. Like you don't prefer any one team more than any other team? I you know. But now it's now it's like that with fantasy football, with I mean, just the nature of the world getting smaller with with the internet and everything. You can watch every game if you want. You can get the Sunday ticket. You can watch Red Zone. You don't have to. You don't have to watch your local team on the broadcast channel. Is what I'm saying. You have more choices than that. And politics is now like sports used to be. I root for this team and fuck the other team no matter what. Fuck them. I don't care. I don't care what my team does. They're always right and the other team's always wrong. I mean, it. We need to. We need. We need a. We need a, a polar shift back to the way it was, where sports is fun, sports is entertainment, and politics is politics. And one resides on the North Pole and one resides on the South Pole. And every once in a while, they meet at the equator. But they, they damn sure aren't fucking bedfellows. And that's what's been, to me, that's what's ruined a channel like ESPN. I, I just, I don't know any other way to put it. And I hope that, I hope that this decree from on high is listened to. And they're serious about it. I mean, I, I really do. Because I think ESPN's made a, outside of their choice of letting... Of, of who they fire, who they let go, who they fucking promote as their, you know, these are our new fucking breed of, of talking heads. They made a lot of bad decisions. They have just not endeared them to the average fan. You know, case in point, something as simple as all their 30 for 30s being taken off of Netflix because they want you to buy their streaming service. What the fuck am I going to pay ESPN 15 bucks a month for, for a streaming service? Yeah, if I already pay for ESPN on cable. Your programming is not worth that. Your programming is barely worth free. Well, not free, but, you know, you're the share of the cable or the streaming service or whatever the fuck that, I mean, view, the, that you view the channel through. If you, if you really stop and think about it, October 6th, 2009 was the first 30 for 30. You were coming up on 10 or, or uh, well, no, no, we're coming up on, on nine years next year. 
that they've been putting these out. And I would say without a doubt that's been ESPN's best original programming in the last decade. They tried their they tried their hand at at at, at fictional series. Remember they had that uh well oh shit, was it Game Breakers or whatever? The the about the, the football league. Remember that that show? Uh 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 yeah 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 had Omar on it from Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, it lasted one season. It lasted one season, and it hit so close to home with the NFL. They said, "Take it off, or else we're going to have to rethink, you know, our dealings with you come next contract time." So ESPN said, "Yeah, right. We took that off." Then they had that the Bronx is burning, that miniseries about the '77 uh, uh, Yankees and everything that was going on in New York in the summer of '77. And I mean, you know, all right, but I mean, they they, they dipped their toe into the the scripted world didn't find it to their liking. And then for a little bit after that, it was, I mean, just what const, constant fucking world series of poker, world series of poker and, and Madden nation. Those didn't fucking take off. So they said, okay, fuck it. Let's, let's try this 30 for 30 thing. And that fucking blew up. And that is, I mean, seriously, some of the best documentaries I've ever seen have been produced have have come out of that. And you're going to hide them behind a paywall for 15 bucks a month. Really? Well, I mean, he was on drugs. This is one of those decisions that was probably made while he was on drugs. <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll reconsider. You know what? Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe cocaine's made a hell of a comeback and we don't know it. <laughs> maybe this dude's just in the bathroom just fucking doing blow off a of stripper's tits and shit and we just don't know it. <laughs> oh, but what else did you, uh, or, Iceman, we you wanted to touch on some college basketball shit before we got into the NFL. Yeah, two coaches uh, got their thousand win at the same time. <laughs> that was uh, the coach of UConn. Uh, what's his name? Gino, Gene, or something like that. Gino. Oh. oh man, I can't think of his name. G- I had it. This is your story, G- motherfucker. Geonosis. <laughs> he was he was cloning a fet. Was that what he was doing? He was. Well, I mean, if you look at UConn, that's exactly what they do. They clone basketball players, man. It's like they can't lose. Isn't UConn's women basketball team like see, that's the, the coach women's program? That's what he coaches is women's college basketball at UConn. Yeah, but aren't they like just like? Like the, the Yankees, the, 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 the Patriots, the Chicago Yankees, Bulls. Yes, the, the, the Yankees, they, the Patriots, the Bulls, and the, and the Montreal Canadiens all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, and the seventy-two it. Dolphins. They, they never have an off season ever. I mean, it's like seriously. They just hey, just make the schedule, and uh, yeah, can we get a, like a like. Three round bye towards a national championship. <laughs> just, just make the schedule and just pencil us all in for wins, and then we'll just take a fucking, we'll just play in the championship game. You just, the rest of y'all fight out and decide whose ass we're gonna whip for the national championship. Yeah, we'll sit yeah, we'll and focus sit. on our studies. <laughs> no, and then the other coach wasn't it a uh, female coach. Yeah, yeah Sylvia Hatchell. No, I know she's not the first female. Uh, wasn't Pat Summer? Pat, or Summit. Pat, Pat Summit. Yeah, she was the first female coach to hit a thousand wins. 
Mm-hmm. By the way, it's Gino Ariema. Arima. 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 Uh, Areola? Okay. I said, it's Arima. It's your story, <laughs> motherfucker. Yes, and Sylvia coaches for uh, North Carolina women's team. Got it at the same time. How about that? But Arima was the fastest. He even beat Pat Summit. I, I mean, it's it's worth mentioning just because it's a hell of a it's a hell of a goal. A thousand wins, Jesus. No, I mean, uh, yeah, without a doubt. I I, I know that women's college basketball kind of takes a fucking you know a lot of flack from us here on the show. It's not because I think it, it, the sport doesn't it it should be you know abolished or anything. It's just. I think it gets pushed down our throats way too much based on its viewership, but that's just me. But still, that's we, we talked about uh, when Pat Summit died, we talked about, I think it was before you were on the show, Earl, uh, I, there's only been, what, a handful of me, uh, of coaches of men's basketball who've ever reached that, that, that mark? Yeah, no, I was here when we talked about it. Okay. Yeah. She she was just the icon for coaching. The the Bill Belichick of women's basketball. Pretty much. But, I mean, since then, you know, rule changes and, and whatnot has led it to be a, a little easier. Uh, you know, recruitment obviously has something to do with it. Again, if you look at female UConn basketball, it oh, you can't beat it. You can't beat it because you didn't. You can't get the talent in your school to beat it. Well, because nobody can. That's the problem. Well, also, I think they're pulling from a very smaller pool of talent also. They're all going to UConn. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm one of the top female basketball players in high school in the country, I'm not looking to go play for, like, University of Toledo. No. You know, I want to go play for the women's basketball, college basketball team. You know, there's it's it's a, it's a small. I imagine it's a small list that the elite female basketball players have of what teams they want to go play for. Yeah, but I mean, their their starting five at UConn can have a seat, and the five people off the bench are still all stars. I mean, you know. <laughs> now here's a question. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you guys even know the answer to this, but. The uh, the one and done rule does that apply to the women's basketball as well? No fucking clue, man. I would think so because if it I didn't, mean, <laughs> that's sexist. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine there. <laughs> I'd imagine I'd have heard somebody fucking bitching about it. But and now, is it? Be, I, I gotta wonder if it is the same. How often it's taken advantage of? Because let's be honest. Uh, if you're a female and you're one of the best basketball players in the world who's female, obviously you want to go to the NWA or WNBA. (laughs) 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 We nappy-headed hoes with attitude. (laughs) Oh, you're fucking fired. (laughs) (laughs) We nappy with attitude, yucko. You know, (laughs) But um, WNBA <laughs> so is what I those. <laughs> Thank you, Arnis. <laughs> but you're not making the same amount of money 
as guys who go to the NBA after one year in college. So I imagine it's probably better just to stay four years, get a degree, and then make your money in the WNBA. I would imagine. Well, well and to be mo- most honest, 100% honest, women care about education more than men do. Okay, but... It means I'm, more to a woman to get a degree than it does a guy, seriously. But what, I, what I'm getting at is that if you're a guy, okay, if you, let's say, you're a guy coming up, you're, you're a young kid, you get, you know, you get recruited, you play your one year, you go in the NBA, you make your money, you retire. There's a lot, just because of the nature of the, how many men's basketball teams there are, there's a lot more opportunities for you to either go into coaching, go into broadcasting, analysis, whatever, than there is for women's basketball. I mean, on top of that, how many women's basketball players can we name off the top of our heads? I mean, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, uh, Reggie Reggie Miller's sister. (laughs) 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 Miss Miller, <laughs> maybe it's Ms. I don't know, but as you see what I'm saying, like it's it, it's kind of limited. So it would only make to me it would it be like being a a a, a middle of the Kansas road. Miller? I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. Hey, if you're watching the show Smilf on Showtime, uh, what Jennifer Hazy? Because it's the jersey the one chick owns. I mean, to me, it just makes more. Well, I mean, it, it, it. To me, it makes sense. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of one and done, anyways. Because, goddamn, if I was good enough to at any sport to to be recruited like that, I'd want to get that education, then go forward, make money, get out while I still have my health, and then put that education I got for free to work. Well, that yeah, because you know, we we go back and forth. You know, Michigan, Michigan State. But playing for Michigan, I mean, it carries a little weight if you're playing basketball, football, whatever. But you go to, you know, a field, you know, be it a doctor, be it a lawyer, whatever the fuck field, and you have that block M at the top of your degree, that carries a lot of fucking weight. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's, that's just a fact. I mean, say, but you could say the same thing for a school like Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers... I really aren't shit as far as their fucking athletic programs go, but if you got a degree from there that carries some weight. Yep, same thing with Stanford. I mean, all the all, all the big schools. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I don't know. I just I, I never I I never thought about it until we started talking about it tonight. But like there, if yeah, if the rule the rule has to be for men and women as far as you can play one year and then declare yourself eligible for the draft. I just wonder how many women's basketball players are like, fuck it, I did my one year, and now I'm going to go make my fortune in the NWA. See, I did it again, WNBA. (laughs) We have mentioned NWA and Rutgers. We're done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, fuck it, let's move on to football. Yeah, football. (laughs) Not going to talk about Lake Kiffin? What about... What about him? With his ridiculous 10-year extension? Yeah. While he's injured? I don't, well, we already talked to NBA. We, oh, we have jumped. We apologize 
to you, listener. We have jumped. We have not stacked our stories. <laughs> no, Lane, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's fucking oh, college said, football. Oh, I thought you said Blake Griffin. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, it's late. <laughs> Truth be told, we're recording this late. It's like ten to three in the morning. No, he uh, was it Florida Atlantic University. Yes, He's the head coach, and they gave him a ten-year extension. Now, what I want to know is, does his dad come with that extension? Because that's the only that's the only way I'm signing anybody with the last name Kiffin to a ten-year contract. Dude, he's setting the bar for Harbaugh, dude. So when they come out with that lifetime contract for Harbaugh, yeah, the lifetime contract that can be terminated at any moment. So it's not really a lifetime contract. I guarantee. And there's no way Harbaugh is signing anything that says he has to stay at Michigan until fired. It's just not happening. <laughs> it's not. And there's no way Michigan signing him saying you could just go out there and put up a fucking 0 and 12 season and we'll still keep you as our head coach. I mean, so it's it's the illusion of a lifetime contract. It's like an illusion that Kiffin's going to be there for 10 years. First of all, where the fuck has Lane Kiffin lasted five years, let alone 10? Uh, somewhere down south. He's got a as as far as I know about his career, he's got a bad habit of burning himself out rather quickly, no matter where he goes. Makes makes Harbaugh look like he's still welcome at Stanford. So I I don't know. I I, I guess if you're Florida Atlantic, you're like, well, fuck it. This is as close to getting national headlines as we're gonna get. Might as well take the opportunity. Yeah, you're right. He has never been. The, the His longest coaching stint was at USC for three years. That's what I'm saying. That's not a guy whose track record lends itself to, I'm going to spend a decade with one program. 97, 98, Fresno State. 99, Colorado State. 2000, Jacksonville Jaguars. 2001, USC. 2002, 2004, USC. Uh, 2005, 2006, USC. Okay, so he was at USC for five years. Uh, you know, tight ends, wide receivers, and an off- offensive coordinator uh, within those five years. 2007, 2008, huh, we all remember the Raiders. That awful experiment. 2009, Tennessee. 2010, 2008. All right. So, yeah. I mean, he spent a good amount of time in Southern California. But that's about it. And I And look, I'm not saying that I understand that you know, football is a results-oriented business. They're not going to fucking give you jobs based on your last name. But I got to believe he's got some equity built up because he's Monty Kiffin's son. Now, he might have pissed, pissed all the way through that by now, which I think, I think by the time he got to Tennessee, he pretty much pissed away th- it, it, most of the goodwill that his last name brought him, especially by the time he left Tennessee. He's 45 and 24 in college. He's got a winning record. Yeah, but if I remember correctly, when he went to Tennessee, he also brought his dad in as a fucking defensive coordinator. Hey, you know, nepotism. It's a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to get right down to it, his dad orchestrated one of the best defenses we've seen in the last fucking 25 years down to Tampa. I mean, I you go to you go to you go to Tampa and you start talking to hardcore Tampa Bay Bucks fans. Monty Kiffin's name is mentioned right alongside anybody who ever put out a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform as one of the reasons they had the success they had in the early two thousands. I mean, 
there's there's people who have legitimately and literally made a case for they have the statues of like Brooks and Allstott and Sapp and, and Gruden. And they're like, there should be a statue of fucking Monty Kiffin. The one for him, Tam Bay wouldn't have been. Tam Bay wasn't winning shit based on their offense. Is base is their argument. And even as a Bucks fan, I gotta say, that's a fucking that's that's a valid argument. Brad Johnson was not gonna lead you to the promised land being a franchise quarterback. It was not gonna happen. So I uh, uh, like I said, I I gotta wonder how much of this is a school like Florida Atlantic going, we need all the fucking exposure we can get. He's got a name. Let's exploit it and let's ride it as long as we can. He went 10 and 3. 10 and 3 in what conference? The, yeah. CUSA? What the fuck? You, what conference even is that? That's what I'm saying. When was he with Jacksonville? Conference USA. Uh, 2000. As a. I've never even heard of this before. A quality control assistant. The fuck is that? Is he inspecting all the footballs? I was going to say, that sounds like someone to make sure that... This Gatorade is cold. <laughs> it's, it's high-quality it's high H2O. Yeah. That was the year <laughs> after they went to the, uh, the uh, championship game. Not the Super Bowl, but... Oh, the AFC Championship? Hey, he uh, won the Conference USA Championship this year and the Conference USA East Division. <laughs> well, I mean, Who, hey, look, that's a good. I guess that's a good move for for a team that's in that conference. Then you're the you're the king of you know the pond, but you definitely ain't swimming in the ocean with the sharks. She was in Conference USA, University of Alabama at Birmingham, Florida Atlantic. Florida International, Louisiana Tech, Marshall, Middle Tennessee State, University of North Carolina at Charlotte, University of North Texas, Old Dominion, Rice, University of Southern Mississippi, University of Texas at El Paso, University of Texas at San Antonio, and Western Kentucky University. Wow. Just a list of schools I have never heard of. You never heard of Marshall? I've heard of Marshall, but it's. I've heard of about maybe thirty percent of this list. Yeah, not a, not a, not a, uh, Isn't not exactly a strong a who's yeah, who of college football programs. I'm sure his ten and three isn't the ten people he beat didn't make a strong case for him to be in the college football playoff. Isn't exactly a list of football factories. If you get my drift. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, hey man, look, maybe he's fucking accepted, you know, I'm not going to be NFL head coach. I'm not going to be high high profile college uh football team head coach. It's better to be a big fish in a little pond. If you look at all of the states highlighted that are in this conference USA, East or whatever, Georgia and South Carolina not highlighted. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Why would you want to be an NFL football head coach? To get paid, right? Yes. Okay. And, when, so, and, and hopefully win a Super Bowl. Right. But it, now, Kiffin, like you said, has accepted he ain't going to be leading nobody to a Super Bowl. 
So he's our, through his travels, USC and all of them, he's made money. He's got money. Now, what's what's the objective, what's the goal or the push to be, you know, in a big ocean with all of that pressure? When, like you said, Rich, he could sit in his little bitty pond and be the big fish with all the fucking money in the world. I just think I, if that's the case, I'm shocked because Lane Kiffin has never struck me as someone who's fiercely self-aware. I, he seems like he has an opinion of him. He's always come across like he has an opinion of himself that's higher than anybody else has an opinion of him. So, hey, you know, everybody gets humbled on a long enough timeline. Maybe he's been brought down low and he was like, fuck it. And, and, then being the next Belichick ain't in the cards for me. So I'll be the next Bear Bryan of the Conference USA. I'll take this school's money. Yeah, I know. And I mean, Uncle I, Lane needs a vacation house. <laughs> I can't imagine he's getting paid peanuts. So I'm sure. I'm sure that they're paying a fairly, you know, good amount to have him uh, coach their team for ten years. Let's see how much is he going to get. According to USA Today, he is going to get, well, it says that he made $950,000 in basic pay in 2017, and he signed a five-year contract with the Owls last winter. So, basically, and this is like a $9 million-ish contract. I mean, that's not bad for a fucking team that's in a conference that we had to look up who the fuck was in it. Yeah, I'll take $9 million for the next 10 years of work. <laughs> Sign me up, son. Sheep. I'll take mine $9 million for the rest of my life to work. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this guy's and, next 10 years. And for that, I will never retire. He's, I'll work to the day I drop dead. He's 42. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Gonna, I'm gonna go walk around with a bus. <laughs> but we have a podcast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. So, shall we talk about the pro football? Yeah, let's do it. Woo! <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. How about uh, that uh, Patriots game? I mean, that's like the lead story, right? That's what everyone's danders up about this week. Eh, I'm, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm worn out from the bad officiating call. Like, be ahead by more. Like, I don't know. That's just where I'm at on it. Like, apparently, it's gonna happen. You can't guard against it. Like, what are you going to do? Just be ahead by more. Don't put yourself in a position to get beat by the refs. Chris, was it a catch? Uh, I didn't see it. You didn't see the catch? Nope. Oh, come on. It was a catch. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Before we start this, let's let's get this fucking straight. Is it a catch in your mind? Yes. Is it a catch according to the rules? No. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to get my, my live reaction on the air. According to the rules, Rich, 
he had to have clear possession. That means he had to have control of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and two feet down, a knee is the equivalent of two feet in the NFL by rule. And then you have to make a football move. He had clear possession and control of the football. His knee touched the ground. Therefore, it is a catch. He then made a football move by lunging forward. As soon as the tip of the ball crosses the goal line, it's a touchdown, period, end of file. I don't no, care what it's happens. Not, it's not for a receiver, dude. You're wrong. The, the, the rules say you're wrong. You are wrong. Okay. okay. A running back, yes, because he's already established possession with the ball when, he's, when, he, when the handoff happens. With a receiver, he has to maintain possession through contact with the ground. They said he didn't. Now, if you want to argue the rules bullshit, I'm right there with you. It's a bullshit rule. It's the Calvin Johnson rule. <laughs> if you if you, you want to get right down to it, I feel it's a catch. But according to the rules of the NFL, which is bullshit, in my opinion, it's not. So this is where the this is why I'm like, what's the debate about? The debate isn't is it or isn't it a catch? The debate is that's a bullshit rule and let's get the rules changed. Same thing I say when people go, I don't like this law. This is bullshit. Well, that doesn't mean you get to break that law just because you don't agree with it. And you get to break it with impunity. No. You have to get the law changed if you think it's bullshit. That's where I'm coming down. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, except for I'm going strictly by what the NFL's rules say. No, Rich, I totally agree with you. However, in in this case, making following all the way through to the ground and surviving the ground is what it's called. You have to survive the ground. That doesn't apply here, Rich. Because he has control of the football, clear possession of the football. Okay. His knee was down. That is a catch. He was not touched, so he's not down. He then makes a football move, lunges towards the end zone. Now, when that ball crosses, okay, when that ball crosses the goal line, game, set, match, touchdown. Whether the, the ball hits the ground he's, or not. His knee's down before he... He looks like he's down before the ball breaks the plane. No, he's not touched, Chris. His he's knees, not down. But his, knees, his knee is down. But they knowledge. Exactly. He could lay down and then get back up and run. Yeah. That's the Plaxico Burris rule. I remember when Plaxico Burris was a, a rookie. He caught a reception. His knee hit the ground. He got up and spiked the ball because he thought he was down. In the NFL, you're down by contact. Right. College, you're down when your knee touches. So he right. got up and spiked the ball. The other team grabbed it ran it back for six. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Plaxico. And, he, and he's standing there with this, just got done pumping the neighbor's cat look on his face like, where's the whistle? And it's like, stupid, you're not in, the, you're not in college anymore. <laughs> That's the only reason I know that rule so well. <laughs> so my, my point is, guys, everybody's arguing the survive the ground. Did the ball survive the ground? It doesn't fucking matter. He caught it, had clear possession of it in his two hands. Oh, so that's what the that's what the thing is. It's it's that's not, what the thing was is. he down? It's did it survive the ground? Did it survive the ground? 
it doesn't matter if it survived the ground. He had control of the ball. His knee is down. Hence, that's a catch. The argument maintains possession, takes a football move, and lunges towards the end zone. When the argument tip, the NFL official, the argument the NFL, the head of NFL officiating make is making is that he didn't maintain possession to the ground. Right. That's the argument he's making. Right. Uh, it's an invalid yeah, argument. Kind of did. It, it, right, it, but I mean, holding it. Two hands, two hands, two hands. Oh, that, oh, I, ah. But here's the thing. That part right at the end where it spins out of his left hand, that's where the, I think the, the official. That's exactly why they overturned it, yep. Right, but here's the thing, Chris, that ball is already in the end zone. In clear possession of control. But if we got to maintain control, that's the thing. You don't have to. That's bullshit. According to the NFL. No. Rich, according to the NFL, no, it doesn't. If a guy gets a possession of a ball, extends his left arm into the end zone, and then gets swung around and thrown to the ground, the ball goes everywhere, it <sighs> doesn't matter. The ball's already been in, across the yeah, plane. That, that's a touchdown. That part where it came out of his left hand, that's... Uh, okay. That's I, tough. That's, that's tough, man. What? You're not arguing with us. You're arguing with the NFL about their own rules. Oh, that's that, their rule is when that ball crosses the plane, when the tip crosses just the smidgen of the yes, goal line. Okay, a ball carrier, a ball carrier, not someone who's in the middle of a reception. And they pointed that out multiple times since that fucking game. A ball carrier has established possession when the ball is handed to him and he's made a move with the ball. That's Oh, any any part of the ball breaks the plane, it's a it's a touchdown. If you are breaking the plane while trying to maintain possession on a reception, and they rule you not to have maintained possession through that reception to complete it, by the NFL's rules, that's not a catch. Is it no. bullshit? Yes. Left, right, or sideways, they got it wrong. Even by their own rules, they got it wrong. How the fuck are you going to tell them they got it wrong by their own rules? You are wrong, dude. No, Sorry. dude, I'm not. You, yes, you fucking are. Not even close, Rich. If I invent a game and I make a rule and you break that rule, you're not going to argue with me about your rules are wrong. I invented the fucking game. I make the rules. You're wrong. Nope. It, it, a child. He's a fucking child. You can hand, you can in the cookie, hand in the cookie jar. Mouthful of cookies. You can say me. what you want. It's not one true. Me. Then why the fuck did the NFL fucking, the head of the NFL officiating come out and say that? Dude, they've done it all the time. I, I mean, it got highlighted with Calvin Johnson. Uh, they, they did it with uh, uh, plenty of people. Uh, Des Bryant they did it with. They, they've done it with Golden Tate recently. They do it all the goddamn time. This, this, is, this is my beef it's with terrible, sports fans. Terrible, terrible calls. This is my beef with sports fans. They don't get pissed at the rule. They get pissed at people who enforce the rule. No, dude, I don't. I get pissed that, that you as a referee, Rich, will call it one way. 
Chris as a referee will call it a different way, and me as a referee will call it a different way. But we're all three supposed to call it under these so-called rules that they've established. It's bullshit, dude. It is utter bullshit. You, I have no stake in this game. None. I don't care about the, the fucking Steelers or the Patriots. But when it's when you say a catch is clear possession and two feet down, he had clear possession with two feet down. Maintained possession enough to do a, quote, football move, which was lunge toward the end zone. When that ball, in the football maneuver of lunging, crosses that end zone without being touched, it's a touchdown. But you could spike it, drop it, throw it over the goddamn goalpost. It's a touchdown. But it's that, that part right at the end, that's that part that seems to be open to interpretation. Like right the where it popped out of his left hand. touched the ground after he crossed the plane of the end zone doesn't fucking matter. He maintained possession of the catch and was down with his knee outside the end zone and maintained possession through a football move to extend the ball across the plane. At that point, it is a fucking touchdown. The fact that he puts it on the ground and it moves out of his hand or moves into his hand more matters not at all. It is already a fucking touchdown when he crossed the plane before the ball ever got close enough to the ground. If you're ahead by two scores, it doesn't matter. That's my whole original point. That is the rule of the fo- of the NFL. That's why I'm trying to tell you it doesn't fucking matter if the ball's maintained and survives the ground in this case because he caught it outside the fucking end zone. Made a football move through to the end zone. And by NFL rule, once it breaks the plane, it's a fucking touchdown. And the NFL, the people who make the rules, are saying, no, right. it's They're not a choosing, touchdown. Right. They choose which rule to follow. That's what pisses me off. It's not a touchdown because he was in the process of making a catch. And the process to the ground, the ball did not survive the ground. See, And if I sit there and point at column B and say, look, you have this rule states right here that it doesn't matter if the ball survived the ground or not. It was already a catch. Don't know. It didn't survive the ground. It's an incomplete pass. That's what pisses me off, Rich. On the touchdown that was called back, what was the review? This This is from the NFL. This is from the ref. We were inside of two minutes, and in order to have a completed pass, receiver must survive going to the ground. In this case, he had control of the football, but he was going to the ground. As he hit the ground, the ball began to roll and rotate, and the ball hit the ground, and that's the end of it at that point. On whether it matters that he was untouched or that his knee was down, he lost complete control of the football. That was the ruling out of replay on the terminology that he used. I said that he didn't just survive the ground. I... I said that he just didn't survive the ground. That's the terminology we use in officiating. You have to survive the ground, which means you have to maintain control of the football. On whether this is similar to the Dallas wide receiver, Des Bryant, play a couple years ago. I can't comment. I can only tell you that in this case, he went to the ground and he lost control of the ball. The ball hit the ground, and that means at that point, it's an incomplete pass, whether he was touched or not. This is I what totally I'm getting understand at. it. This is what I'm I, getting at. It does not matter that the ball crossed the plane. If he doesn't have, if a ball crosses the plane and you don't have, no one has possession of it, it's not a touchdown. But he did have it, 
Rich. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He didn't. How can you argue with that? You can't. That's what I'm saying to you. They get to choose which fucking rules they're going to enforce and which ones they're not. They're going to go with column A instead of column B. And then they're going to define their own column C and put, pick and choose which rule. He didn't survive the ground. But do you have to survive the ground if it goes through the end zone? Yes. According to the NFL, you do. Because it's a, rece- it's a reception. It's not a reception 10 yards away from the end zone where he's established possession and then falls across the fucking the goal line. It's a reception to where he couldn't complete it until he hit the ground. As he was hitting the ground, he crossed the goal line, but he did not maintain possession. That is the rule. All right? Now, you want to sit here and go, well, they're not enforcing it. They're not doing this. Your better argument would be they shouldn't have fucking overturned the ruling on the field because there wasn't enough evidence. Obviously. That's That's the better argument. And the overall better argument is this fucking rule is stupid. Get rid of it. But once they they make the rules of the game, and you can't sit there and go, no, you even though you invent you made the rule, that rule ain't right. It they invented they they come up with the fucking rules. Now you're gonna say, well, they they enforce it how they want to. Well then. Yeah, dude, well, now we're in the fucking Alex Jones territory. Water's turning the frogs gay. What do you want me to fucking say, dude? I mean, basically what basically what you're doing is what you do on average twice a month when we talk about the NFL. That this is all fake and staged and planned out. I'm not and saying fake or staged. I'm just saying they're fucking retarded, dude. They got too many fucking rules about a catch. And in this instant, anybody that's watched the slow motion replay clearly sees this guy make a fucking catch. He catches it. His knee hits the ground. He lunges forward into the end zone. And now they're going to say the catch process wasn't complete because he didn't survive the ground. First of all, your definition of a lunge is awfully liberal. Seriously. He's falling forward with the ball. How can you do that if he doesn't have possession, Rich? Stop trying to change the subject I'm talking about. He's falling forward with the ball. It's not a lunge. A lunge is going from a from one position to making an extra effort to get to another position. His momentum is just carrying him forward. That's not a lunge. He's off his feet. He doesn't have anything to push off of once he has the ball, and he just continues to fall into the end zone. And, and continuing to fall into the end zone... When the ball and him hit the ground, he loses possession of the ball. Would that be a catch if he wasn't near the end zone? Pops out of his left hand right at the end. That one split second. That's what fucked it all up. As Chris puts it, fuck it. It's in the stat book. They lost. Oh, well. It's true. I'm just... Dude, if you want to argue the rules bullshit... I'm right there with you. If there's a petition to get the fucking NFL to simplify their their rules on what is and isn't a catch, I'll fucking sign it. Me too, dude, but it's and not I, so much what I, is and isn't a catch. It's more of which rule are you going to fucking follow? What other rule did they ignore? What rule did they ignore? The fact that once the ball crosses the plate, it's a touchdown. How many times I got to watch you? that? Dude, how many times I got to tell you? You have to establish possession as you cross the plate. 
He did, well, Rich. You gotta to watch the fucking replay, dude. His I'm sitting catch... here watching it on loop for the last five minutes. Okay, and his it's catch, so it's right at his chest. Okay? He catches it right at his chest. His knee goes down. As he's momentum is carrying him forward, he extends his arms out. When he extends his arms out, it crosses the plane of the end zone. That is a touchdown, dude. End of fucking file, it's a touchdown. Well, you know the beauty of this? Beauty is it doesn't matter what the fuck we think. <laughs> yeah. Because both teams are 11-3. and three, and Pretty much are in cruise control of the playoffs. Hey, I noticed this today. The NFC South is quietly the best division in football. And wasn't it, wasn't it supposed to be, be the worst division in the NFC? Yeah. Earlier this year? Didn't we hear that constantly? Yeah, well, yeah, it's got 10 and 4, 10 and 4, 9 and 5. And I, I just want to say, all these experts who are constantly trying to claim that they know what the worst division in whatever sport is, it always usually, I'm not going to say always, but it usually ends up the opposite of what these so-called experts say. I mean, how many times have we ran through, oh, the AL Central is the weakest division in baseball? Who sent more people to the fucking World Series? What division sent more people to the World Series in the AL Central since 2005? Can't name nope. one. Because there Nobody. isn't one. Exactly. So how is it the worst division? I mean, it seems like these experts aren't exactly experts. I, I, you know, maybe we need to, maybe us three, we need to clean up our language, get our teeth whitened, get a skin peel, buy a couple suits. We need experts. And then fucking start our own sports network. And we just declare ourselves experts. Because we're right more than fucking half of these idiots. No, our pick percentages prove it. But, I mean, look look who's in the playoffs already. The Patriots, the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Eagles. There you go, Iceman. The Vikings. And then, yeah, I mean, the NFC South and West still up for grabs. Uh, the, the AFC West, I mean, the, the Chiefs look like they're, they've righted the, the ship. Sorry, Chargers. I mean, it's, it's still possible, but in the Raiders, whoops. Thanks for playing. Well, uh, no, but I, 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 I do want to point out all the shit talk that we do, all the shit talking and, and, and ball busting that goes back and forth. I, Last year, Earl was singing the praises of Jacksonville Jaguars saying, all they need, all they need, they're closer than anyone thinks, and we laughed our it's ass coach. off at him. No, but we did. We laughed our ass off mm-hmm. at him, and who's in the playoffs? Yep. So. They just need a direction, man. They needed a coach. On oh, the Jimmy Garoppolo era continues to, continues its winning ways, huh? Uh-oh. Oh, I do not know who that Tennessee team is. They won three in a row since Jimmy Jimmy G undefeated in, in the 49ers. Oh, is this a the, sign of things to come? He just needs to retire right now as the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Like that meme I found. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Hold on a second. I gotta I gotta find that real quick. Yeah. Let's see. It's uh 
The Goat Kaiser versus Trash <laughs> Brady. Yeah. The Goat Kaiser. Age, young. Brady, old as fuck. <laughs> Interceptions for the Goat Kaiser, like 15. For Trash Brady, over 100. <laughs> Sacked. The Goat Geyser, not so much. Trash Brady, a bunch. <laughs> Super Bowl losses, The Goat Kaiser, none. <laughs> Trash Brady, two. Proves my point. <laughs> Brady's trash. <laughs> no, it was like, seriously, it's like the beginning of the fucking NHL season when <laughs> I was like, the plane for the Golden Knights just needs to crash before they lose a game. I mean, they can just go down as the winningest franchise as far as win percentage in the history of sports. If they just fold the <laughs> franchise before the All-Star break, it'll be all good. Hey, how about the Rams, huh? Taking out the Seahawks? Yeah, that that was Rich's pick right there. Uh, yeah, but I didn't fucking predict the goddamn meltdown in the Seahawks secondary. What the fuck is going on with that fucking defense? Injuries. They're hurt. And they're talking shit about each other. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the injuries. Injuries are going to happen. Fucking there's Twitter battle going on between fucking their starters on defense. So I keep your name out my mouth and shit. And I'm like, I, same team? Ring a bell to any of these guys? I mean, I just, I don't get that. Well, when you're losing, you got to point fingers. Yeah. And you, look, you know what you do? You look in the mirror and go, I got to get better. At least that's what I, I, I don't know how I've always looked at it. But it, it's like so I was told something years ago. What's the common thread in all your failed relationships? You. Might want to do something about that. I mean, it, no one else is going out there and playing these games for them. They're the ones playing these games. NFL don't give a fuck about injuries. You can ask Green Bay about that. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, oh, hey, guess who's not going to playoffs this year? Green Bay. Yeah, well, they just shut down Rodgers also. Yep. Well, the, yeah, so you're saying there's a chance. Well, yeah, yeah, there is, because <laughs> when the Falcons won, that was it for Green Bay. So they're like, all right, well, Aaron, have a seat. We'll let Hundley finish a year out. No need to risk hurting you for no reason. No, there, I mean, there's. it's typical Lions. There's a bunch of shit's got to go. <laughs> a bunch of shit's got to happen. For us to get in, uh, I mean, uh, we're playing Cincinnati this week. They have a losing record. I mean, history says that we should be going into the final uh, week nine and six, but we'll see. Uh, how? Oh, I mean, Eagles won, but huh? Huh? I told you it almost happened. The Giants, Eli, playing a little inspired, but yeah. You know, the Giants fucking smelled blood in the water, man. Mm-hmm. And I think the only team that hates the Eagles more than the Giants is the Cowboys. Yeah. And, oh, the Browns, Iceman, are you are you ready to accept the fact yeah. that the Browns may end up sharing the biggest loser title with the Lions? Are you ready to accept that reality? Unfortunately, when they uh, let Green Bay come back on them, it was 21 nothing. Cleveland last week not this past week but the week before last I was like oh there it is I even called it in chat Mm -hmm. 27 unanswered points in overtime Packers win Mm -hmm. fuck 
That was our last. Hope. I mean, they're playing the Bears. I mean, there's still a chance. I can always count on the toilet bowl. Yeah. Like I said, the one time you'll find fucking Earl rooting for the Bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, come on, kick the brown or, or excuse me, I, rooting but not rooting for him to win is what I meant. Rooting for him to yeah. Come on, Browns, kick the Bears' ass. And then yeah, no one. I think we talked about anything really we're talking about this last week. Well, I, I, I got to say. Except the, the Steelers losing Antonio Brown for a game or two is not going to help them. Yeah, but uh, what is it, a torn calf muscle? Yeah. Is that what it was? Ugh. I am in. I mean, I'm not questioning the man's toughness, but that's not an injury that it's like, okay, it's just going to hurt to play on. It's not a sprained ankle. I mean, if they bring him back too soon and he and he aggravates that injury, he could be done for the playoffs, no matter how deep they go. Yeah, that's the dan- that's the dangerous part of that. I've had I've known people who've torn muscles, and it depends on how it's torn. If it's torn away from the bone, that's that's surgery. Period. If it's just uh, like a torn muscle in the muscle, I, I mean, that's bad. I don't know. It, it, sorry about your luck, Pittsburgh. That's all I can say about week 15. <laughs> sorry about your luck. I mean, that, that's just all there is to it. I, and I, I got to say this. I, <sighs> apparently, I'm a sucker for abuse. So I fucking hopped into a... Uh, uh, Buccaneers fan forum. Whoops. Jesus God. Half them fuckers are as delusional as any Lions fan I've ever met. Yeah, well, we suck, but we're the best team that sucks in the NFC South. What does that even mean? Huh? Well, we only lost by three to the Falcons, but you still lost. That's like when I heard the local fucking sports talk guy try to make the case for the Lions being the best 0-16 team ever. They're the only one. Well, there was a lot of games they almost won. Is this horseshoes? Is this hand grenades? Almost doesn't count. Did you win or not? Hello? Horse grenades. You play to win the game. Oh, Herm. I mean, I, I mean, I will say I think it's funny the Falcons let it get that close, you know. So the Lions. But I mean, you know, I'm talking about the I'm talking about Monday night. Yeah, same when when they played the Bucks. Both teams made the Bucks look competitive, and they're not. So I mean, this 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 is anybody on the Falcons who's like, whoa, that Bucks team, man. No, no, look in the mirror. That's the problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I would like to say the Bucks are, you know, oh yeah, they're feisty and they're upstarts and you know they're going to shock some people. No, no, they just suck. <laughs> Their pass rush sucks. This is the stat that people on the, on on this on this forum were clinging to. They have the best passer rating when passing uh, five to fifteen yards past the line of scrimmage, which is why they. Have the best first down con- or third or, or the most first downs 
in the history of the team. That's what you're hanging your head on for the season? Buccaneers fans, here's some uh here's a cold shower for you. Other teams with the same record as you this season. The San Francisco 49ers, the Chicago Bears, the Houston Texans. Yeah, and if you're you going to defend the Bucks, you bet you better defend them too. You don't have the best anything. You have a 286 I, winning percentage. You are one and six on the road. You are three and four at home. You are own four in your division. You've lost the last four games. You do not have the best anything. And to me, that's what sticks out. That's the that's the major one is winless in their division. You can't do that. You cannot do that. I mean, I I I can't remember who it was. It, it was a former player who went on to be a talking head on on ESPN, but he said. What every team hopes for every season is to win all their home games and half their road games. And that'll get them to 12 and 4. And unless a freak occurrence happens, 12 and 4 will get you in the playoffs. I have to, I, I, I have to imagine that means going 500 in your division, winning all your home games against your division opponents means that's a goal. I don't want to hear about the, oh, well, we beat this. I don't want to hear about that. What the fuck have you done in your division? Because that's who you got to play twice every year. And then nothing. Big old goose egg. <sighs> oh. Yay, it's great to be a Bucks fan. <laughs> Is that your cathartic season-ending rant? <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I, I just... I, what, more, what more can you say, man? I mean, as much as, as, much as you know, I, we've given Earl... Shit for the Lions. I mean, granted, I didn't call no fourteen and two. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty. But big before shot. The, before the season started, on paper, I was like, yeah, the Bucks should at least compete for that division. I mean, to me, making the play, it was playoffs or bust. That that was how I looked at it. This is a huge bust. This is not. This isn't even staying static with last season. This is a step backwards. And I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear injuries. I don't want to hear oh they got fucked because they got a week one bye. Improvise, overcome, adapt. It's what every fucking team in the NFL has to do. No one's going to come down and go, "Oh, oh you're the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, let us let us artificially create a a, a easier path to winning for you simply based on who you are." On you being you. It doesn't work that way. I mean, I, you know what I want. Overhaul. And I'm about mm, one year away from saying Winston needs to be fucking trade bait. But that's about that. I'll give him one more year before I say fucking chuck his ass. Because it ain't working. He's no Matthew fucking Stafford. But yeah, Matthew Stafford has a shit winning record. Or a shit win uh, a record against winning teams. But... For whatever reason, he puts up fucking ridiculous numbers. He's third in the fucking league in passing this year. I mean, it, it, if you just saw that, you would go, oh, the Lions must be fucking just tearing it up. No. So, I mean, I, but he's not, but Winston's not even that. He's not even, he's not even a quarterback that, that, that pads his stats so you can go, oh, at least I can hang my head on that. Yeah. Ugh, God. It's going to be a long off season. Well, hey, Earl. If the playoffs started today, the Lions would be in them. It'd be in that seventh, yes, that's true. It'd be in that seventh playoff spot. They'd win the tiebreaker over Dallas and Seattle based on the best win percentage in conference games, according to what I'm reading in front of me. I'm not that smart. All right. So shall we get to the picks? 
It's like four in the morning. Yeah, let's do it. Yeehaw, motherfuckers. All right. Well, I mean, I know we still, you know, got some time to go, Rich, but we may have to actually acquiesce to the Iceman. No, may, probably not going to be no asterisk on this season. You know, unless he takes, and you know, unless you have, unless you have like a 2000 Mets collapse, Iceman, you're going to end up taking home this season. Uh, I looked at it just like I looked at fantasy football by the end of week three. I'm not winning, so it doesn't matter. That's how I looked yeah. at it. Well, Iceman stays in first with a 635 winning percentage. He is 158.91. Rich, you are in second, 152.97 with 610. I am last at 115.99 of 602. But again, you know, if I'm, I'm going to... If I'm going to throw shade on Iceman, I can say this. Was it the first two, three weeks? His 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 win percentage as far as picks didn't it start with an eight, not a six? Oh, he was yeah. He was like eight, and he was dominating. Yeah, but then the referees took over, yeah. killed it. You fell off, bud. Yeah. Well, but, well, if you're as good as you say you are, you should have saw that coming. But as yeah, a well. as a podcast, we have a six. We have a six one six. Winning percentage. Just saying. Listen up. Take it. Take our advice. Go to Vegas. We're all predicting over six hundred. Just saying. <laughs> all right. So, TNF Thursday night football. It is. Hold the. <laughs> there is no Thursday night. There football. is the no Thursday. Oh, night. that's Saturday. right. There's a Saturday game this week. Indianapolis. At the Colts. No, wait. <laughs> at, wrong Baltimore. At the Ravens. Uh, give me the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah, no brainer. Ravens. All right, the other Saturday game. Uh, Vikings heading to Green Bay. It's at Lambeau. Green Bay's got nothing to play for. Vikings already got the playoffs sewn up. Uh. Give me Green Bay at home. I see some. I see some second stringers uh, showing up in the Minnesota lineup. I'm gonna go. I mean, I know that the, there's no asterisks in picks, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the Vikings want to keep the momentum going, whereas the Packers' momentum's been disrupted so many times this season that they have none. So give me the Vikings. Now that that does mean if they go in, and they put fucking a bunch of second string guys in. I'm fucked. But I don't think it's going to happen. It's still one. This isn't the last week of the season. I don't think they're going to go full out. But I, 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 I don't see them slowing down either. And even if they do slow down just a little bit, Green Bay is a shit show right now. With all the injuries, not just Aaron Rodgers, but all of their injuries and trying different things. Nah. Give me the Vikings. All right, the Sunday slate. The Browns heading to Soldier Field. Oh, man. Neither team has anything. Well, Cleveland is trying for a win. Chicago's at home. It's over for them in their division. Even if they win out, 
Ooh. You go six and ten. You still have a shitty record. You know what? Give me the Browns. They got something to play for. Really? Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to be the odd man out. Well, no. Iceman will probably pick the Bears. I'm going to say the Bears. Yeah, you're wrong. I'm going to pick the Browns. (laughs) Okay. I got to hope. And not just that. Flash Gordon's playing again. All right. Next up, the home team. The Detroit Lions heading to Cincinnati playing the Bengals. Oh, which, by the way, is Marvin Lewis done or not? He's done after this season. Because I saw a story saying he, he was, and then he come out and said he wasn't. Hmm. I thought it was his swan song. I don't know. I mean, I'm just shocked he's been with the team as long as he has, and he ain't really done shit, but I'm still... I mean, I guess he's their version of Cocaine Wayne. Yeah. You know? By the way, just to, just to point this out, I heard this stat, and it was the most depressing stat I had ever heard told the Lions fans. Uh, the winningest coach, as far as win percentage in Lions history, is Jim Caldwell. That's Super Bowl era, obviously. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you can't even go. I wish we had Wayne Fonts back because he didn't win as much as Caldwell. Well, uh, Caldwell's winning weights are going to continue because I'm picking the Lions because the Bengals like, just I be consistent. The Bengals have a losing record. The Lions are good at beating teams with losing records. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Give me the Lions. It's a scary game. It could happen. Bengals could win, but I'm obviously going to pick the Lions, but, you know, I I just hope they stay in concussion protocol for a long time. (laughs) Because they got a lot of people hurt, so. Are you talking about the the Bengals? Yes. All right. Perfect and Kirkpatrick and a couple other people are hurt. (laughs) I know there's a whole lot of people in the NFL that are happy to see Perfect not fucking playing. Oh, yeah. All right, the Rams heading in to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Hey, guess what? You got beat by the 49ers, Titans, so the Rams are going to house you. And hey, guess what? You got beat, and you got beat, and you got beat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just cracked that joke and brain farted. Is the Rams in, in uh, Tennessee? Uh, give me the Rams. Yeah, Rams. Next up, the Fish heading to Arrowhead to take on Kansas City. One of these teams has something to play for, and it is not the Dolphins. Give me the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, you're going to pay for letting me down last week, Dolphins. Andy Reid's got something for you. Give me the Chiefs. By the way, uh, good to see uh, Donkey Kong Sue up to his old tricks 
motherfucker just threw a punch at the fucking. <laughs> Who was it on the other team? He put, he threw the punch at. Uh, stand by. I just I just know because I I was like, wait a minute, what? Because I didn't see the game, and they're like, was that or wasn't that a punch that he threw? And I'm like, okay, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Oh, so it's a quarterback. I'm like, okay, first of all, it's 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 Sue. Of course he threw a fucking punch. <laughs> in okay. the helmet or in the face. I mean, look, I same thing. Like, did he mean to stomp on the guy? Yes, of course he did. But he ain't gonna say that. Of course he's gonna say, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, you stomp on somebody, yeah. Believe me, I've done it. I meant to do it. But when the cops showed up, no, I didn't mean to do that. That was an accident. Well, Tyrod Taylor taking his act to New England, so maybe Tom Brady can punch him in the face because that's what's going to happen anyways. Uh, yeah, you're the Patriots. <laughs> Not only is Tyrod Taylor going to get punched in the face by the Patriots, but Giselle's going to whip her dick out and fuck up Tyrod Taylor's girlfriend. Damn. Yeah, give me the Patriots. Pats. Next up. Ooh, look at this. The f- this. Ooh, this might be a must-watch game of the week. Judging by looking at the rest of these games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Atlanta heading to New Orleans to play the Saints. Ooh. You know what? Give me the Saints. They're at home. And, yeah, I like. New Orleans offense a lot better than Atlanta's. Yep, even the Saints. Atlanta. Yeah. <sighs> Pathetic that you went to the fucking Super Bowl last year and you're playing this way this year. Give me the Saints. Saints. The Aints. Next up, the Chargers at the Jets. Chargers need this game. Chargers would make the playoffs. Surprisingly, it's seven and seven. Uh, yeah, gotta win this one. It's a must-win for you, Chargers. They're heading east, though, and those Jets can be wily. But again, Los Angeles Chargers got something to play for. Jets, not really. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, going west to east. Uh. Yeah, that 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 tends seems like it, it, it's an issue for some teams, but because of the nature of who they're playing <laughs> 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 and the fact that the Chargers do have something to play for, yeah, give me the Chargers. Yeah, and their starting quarterback for the Jets is out. I'll take Chargers. You know, real quick, I just. I just wanted to. I was going to bring this up uh, last week, but I forgot. Just, just get your thoughts on it. Are the Chargers going to this era of Chargers, meaning the Philip Rivers, Ladanian Tomlinson, you know, to now, are they going to go down as one of the most underachieving teams in the NFL? They are uh, uh, stellar choke artists. Because even when they did make the playoffs, 
you know, they'd uh, just fucking biff it. Yeah. You know, don't forget to throw North Turner under this bus, too. He was the captain of it for a while. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, they had, yeah, coaching, players, they had the talent, they had the, the you know, everything that you would, you would think that, you know, would align for at least one Super Bowl run. They never even got that far. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up. Yeah. <laughs> the Broncos at the Redskins. Yuck. <laughs> Give me the Redskins. They're at home. Yeah, give me the Redskins. Whole lot of nothing there. Yeah, I gotta take the home team, Redskins. Tampa Bay at the Carolina Black Panthers. Jeez, God. What? This <sighs> be a new name. No, uh, I, I, I ain't. I don't give a, a single fuck about what you just said. It's oh, just ah, yes, yeah, this game. <laughs> oh yeah, give me the Panthers. Yeah, my anus is ready. Give me the Panthers. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Carolina. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars at the San Francisco 49ers. Sorry, Jimmy. His word stops. Give me yeah, J- the Jags. Yeah, J- Jimmy G's fucking very short time as Doggo is over with. Oh, absolutely. He's finally going to play a fucking team that's going to show him what playing in the NFL is all about. Jags. Seattle and Dallas. This has huge... This is a big game for this both of these teams as far as playoff implications go. Um, you got to give me Dallas. Just uh, the way Seattle's been playing lately. Yeah, Dallas. Seattle, or I mean Dallas, at least it looks like they they got a better offense even without Zeke at the moment, and their defense is just busted up in Seattle. Yeah, man, I I want to say Dallas, but with the fucking injuries and the dumpster fire going on between fucking players, I I mean I I, I want to say Seattle, but I can't. In, in, with a clear conscience, say it with everything that I described. So give me Dallas. Is he going to be in season form? Is it going to be what they need him to be? Don't know. But Zeke Elliott comes back this game. Yep. Cowboys. Oh, oh, that's fucking right. Wow. It's already been six games. Has. Damn. All right. Jerry Jones is not going to not go to the playoffs. Well, then, yeah, no, give me Dallas with fucking fervor in this one. Uh, all right. Uh, oh God. The who cares game of the week. The Giants at the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. <laughs> no, wait. No, fuck that. Give me the Giants. Cardinals are on, like, what, their third string quarterback? Give me old Waterhead baby Eli. <laughs> Big head, motherfucker. Yeah, um, 
No. I, I, I'll show some love to the... Uh, to, to Arizona. Give me the fucking cards. Yeah, I, I understand they got new coaching and everything's supposed to be hunky-dory and, and they're supposed to win against the Cardinals and they might win against the Cardinals, but I ain't going to pick them to win. Give me Arizona. Oh, all right. And Monday, it's a Christmas miracle. We get two games. We get an afternoon game and we get a night game. Um, because there will be no Sunday night game this week for Christmas Eve. It's, uh, yeah, Santa Claus and whatnot. I don't know. Anyway, Pittsburgh at Houston, the 430 game. Uh, yeah, Steelers coming off a bad beat. Houston is a dumpster fire. Doesn't give, doesn't matter if Houston's at home. Give me the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers are pissed. Rightfully so. Even the Steelers. Absolutely Steelers. Alright, next up. The Oakland Raiders heading to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Sorry Raiders, give me the Eagles. Don't care if it's Nick Foles. You just, you've been wildly underwhelming this year, Raiders. I mean, while I agree with that statement, I just... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have faith in Nick Foles. I think it's a different team without Carson Wentz. Give me the Oakland Raiders. Oh, hell no. Right. Hell no. I, I don't care. I don't care what the offense looks like or doesn't look like. That defense stands tall. That that's a team mentality that you need to go far. Sorry about your luck, Raiders. Next year, perhaps. Be the Eagles. Hey, I'm comfortable being my own man. All right. So, picks are in. Holiday edition. Uh, yeah, it's just fucking late for us. I'm just wrap this bitch up super quick. Thank you, everybody, who follow us on Twitter at Sports Podcast. Email the show, sporting at customermedia.net. Happy whatever the fuck you celebrate in the next few days. And see you next week. Later. Peace out, y'all. Happy Kwanzaa, motherfucker. (laughs) If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.